usually start this podcast um, because it's been, it's, been literally, it's been literally a year since <laughs> we did this. This is now an annual podcast yeah. where we talk about whatever I want to talk about that year. Well, you're you're um, you're creating the podcast that will be that will just log your life. I mean, it's not about it's not about creating enough content for a season. It's about creating like you know. For your lifetime, you'll look back and be like, "Yeah, I have like 50 episodes from my yes, know, one from 2019, and then like I went three years, and then we talked about like the you know, all the best new uh, teenage Galorpagon movies. <laughs> we ranked them. Here, here's an interview with my son. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he explains to me like what it is like to play a video game inside your brain. <laughs> because like all children born after 2034 he has you know a card reader in his head so at the apple hospital where he was born <laughs> right into him yeah <laughs> um Great. The other, well, the other thing, it, it definitely serves that purpose, but it also has been re- the Star Wars episode has been really great to just be like, the, actually, if if you're curious about my thoughts about Star Wars, new friend or new coworker or whatever, Feel I free. have just the resource for you. Just take 55 minutes and listen to this. Um, it's great. So, I, I, as I mentioned, I re-listened to it, you know, about a week ago, and it's really fun. Although, yeah, I'll tell you, I don't have so much. For the Avengers, I don't have so much of a. Um, like a rewatchability versus quality, although maybe mm-hmm. we, maybe we'll find separate lists as we get into it and discuss. Well, I was gonna say, so we're here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which I guess is the official name for this franchise. Yeah, I yeah. guess you could also say maybe it's the Avengers franchise, no. but like, oh I'm, no, okay. I, I, I misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke. It's not the Avengers. <laughs> franchise. No, it's it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I, I I wondered the same thing as I was thinking back about that Star Wars episode about how Chelsea made the two lists. I, I agree that it's not doable here, but also these this list is just longer than the Star Wars one. So long. So I think mm-hmm. that separating it into even more lists um, is is just not going to help well, us. There's also not bad ones that I'm like. I just love watching it, though. Yeah, like there that's are right. Star Wars. It's like the yeah. bad ones are the ones I don't like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting that uh, I wonder if like like is it because the goal is different that you're like if it's not rewatchable, it's it's a failure. Yeah, yeah. I think movie. so. I mean, I I was tempted to say like yeah, these are just more popcorn flicks, but like that's so reductive because I yeah. do love these movies and like. They're they're an evolution of popcorn flick that yeah. is like wonderful. You couldn't say um, they never set a lofty goal for themselves, right? Artistically I, or, or creatively. Or. We we Chelsea and I just watched recently a YouTuber do you know YouTubers do video essays all the time. Uh-huh. We have a we have a YouTuber we like who does who did a video essay about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we can get into his criticisms later. But he read a quote from. A review. I don't remember what movie it was reviewing, but it was a review where it said that Marvel has inverted the action uh, movie formula, where usually action movies are like the dialogue are just scenes to get through the to get to the action. The action in Marvel movies is like just like there to be between scenes of dialogue between characters, and that this is like an action franchise that has done a really good job of establishing its characters and like long form stories that like. In a similar way to Star Wars, like I just want to see what happens next in a, in a like a story sense. That's a very um, astute observation. You know, uh, it really clarifies 
the greatest strength, I feel, and the greatest weakness of these movies. Mm-hmm. The greatest mm-hmm. strength being you get invested in the characters and they have successfully been able to take you with the characters from from one to another in a way that you didn't you wouldn't think would be um, possible in a non centralized not not quite so not so obviously centralized franchise and then one of the greatest weaknesses is that I think the action in three quarters of these movies is lame 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 yeah lame. yeah but, yep but we'll get into that yeah so how should we do this I guess because we each have a list of twenty one movies <laughs> right uh-huh. there's twenty one now twenty one um, I have yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. This this is a franchise where we could each come out with different counts. Like, did you get twenty? I got twenty one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, here's how I think we should do this. Mm-hmm. I think we should each read our lists, like just round robin, instead of going dissecting each one because the lists are going to be so long that I think it's going to be hard to really get into the minutia of the order for each person. I think we should sort of lay all our cards in the table and then just start to pick. Uh, like just start to find the conversation points and the disagreement points. Great. What do you think? I think that sounds very, very. I think that sounds great. All right, I'll go first. And yeah, okay. who knows? Our, these lists could shift around. Uh, yeah. In conversation, I could be I could be convinced otherwise, but because um, there's room for you know sound disagreement on these, but um, individual placements, I'm not in t- as clear on, you mm-hmm. know, or I'm not as mm-hmm. rock solid on. But I am a little clearer on right now. I broke them up into five uh, chapters. Oh, yeah. this is good. That's yeah, good. That makes sense. And nineteen through twenty-one. So I'll start from the I'll start from the bottom and work oh, my yeah, way. Oh, that's up. a good idea. I'll yeah. work my way towards my favorites. But nineteen through twenty-one are bad films. Okay. <laughs> bad films. <laughs> We're ready. Maybe I should maybe I should say from from the, the these categories from the top. So one through six, you have I think truly great films, great uh-huh. films. Seven through ten, you have good films. You know, mm-hmm. some, start to get some problems, but they're good films. Eleven through fifteen are fine popcorn films. Mm-hmm. Sixteen through eighteen are flawed popcorn films. Mm-hmm. And nineteen through twenty one are just bad films. Great. I think these are good categories. I love it. I think that's going to help us with our groupings. I totally agree, and I'm going to start regrouping mine just based on that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, You got great films, good films, fine popcorn films, flawed popcorn Mm -hmm. films, and bad films. So I will start with the bad films. Great. Coming in in the number 21 spot in my list is Iron Man 2. Okay. 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 Then I have Thor. Mm-hmm. Then Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. Number 18, Avengers Age of Ultron. 17, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. And I, 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 I thought that would be the first... That's my first big controversy. <laughs> yes, number 17 of 21, I have Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> 16, Doctor Strange. 15, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Whoa, holy... Okay, wait, no, you gotta keep going, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Take notes. <laughs> Chelsea's taking him. notes. 14, Iron Man 3. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, sorry, Ant-Man. Then Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 11, Captain Marvel. 
Number 10, Thor Ragnarok. Nine is Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm. Eight is The Incredible Hulk. Whoa. Yeah, that's another that's another controversy. I could I could smell <laughs> that one being as high as it is, and the Guardians being as low as they are. Those are those are Ned specific takes. But um, number seven, Captain America: The First Avenger. Number six, Iron Man. Uh, number five, Avengers: Infinity War. Number four, Captain America: Civil War. Three, Black Panther. Two, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. One. The Avengers, 2012. That's my list. Did you get all that? We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I'm sure we do. We do have a lot to talk about. I'm sure. Okay. Who's going okay, next? Who's... Oh, right. We just got to go. That's yeah. what we're doing first. Yeah, we're okay. just yeah, going. Yeah. Shit. Um... And then we can look at each I'll take notes. Then we can look at each other's list and be like, so talk to me about why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I should go next. Okay. Great. Um... God, I'm doubting parts of my list, but I'm super not doubting parts of my list. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go from the bottom up, but I haven't divided into chapters. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I just want to say this list was thrown together. I didn't spend hours agonizing over this. I went off of my impulses and I'm ready to, to but. Oh, same. Uh, caveats aside, I, Please. Oh no! I locked myself in the library and consulted with critics. <laughs> and I, I, I did. I watched each movie three times, and then I did it on a point scale. In no. a different world, I would have loved to rewatch the movies to do this because I bet I would have. But you know what? I didn't. So let's hear. Let's hear your list. No, but actually, we should say. Or I, okay, I'll, we'll do our list. But but this is different. This is different from the Star Wars list by virtue of those Star Wars films were all films I'd seen ten times each. Yeah. And yeah. there are films in this list that I've only seen once. Yeah. But I think that's significant if we've only watched them once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, True. Okay. Number twenty-one, The Incredible Hulk. Twenty, Thor. Nineteen, Thor: The Dark World. Eighteen, Ant Man. Seventeen, Doctor Strange. Sixteen, Ant Man and the Wasp. Fifteen, Iron Man Two. 14, Avengers Age of Ultron. 13 is Captain Marvel. 12 is Captain America Civil War. 11 is Captain America the First Avenger. 10 is Iron Man 3. 9 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 8 is Spider-Man Homecoming. 7 is Black Panther. 6 is Captain America the Winter Soldier. 5 is Thor Ragnarok. 4 is Avengers Infinity War. Three is The Avengers. Two is Iron Man. And number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's juicy. Okay. That's, so, that's so fun. Great. Okay, Chelsea. Okay. Uh, so I want to start this off by saying that I don't remember Thor 2. So I've placed it in my list somewhere that I think it should go. Chelsea, but, you're not the um... only one who struggles. <laughs> who really does remember what happened to I know there's the ether, and that's about it. That's so, about it. Here's my list. Um, okay, I didn't number them, so I may lose count of the numbers, but here we go. 21 is Thor. 20 is Incredible Hulk. Uh... Don't worry about the numbers. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could barely keep up with mine because I had to. Great. Incredible. Iron Man 2. Then I think Thor 2? 
Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> then Doctor Strange, then Ant-Man and the Wasp, then Ant-Man, then Ultron, then Civil War, then Guardians 2, then Captain Marvel, then Iron Man, then the first Captain America, then Iron Man 3, then Winter Soldier, and now these, these next three, it depends on my mood. Black Panther, Homecoming, and Ragnarok. Those are all kind of tied. I would watch those any day, anytime. That's fair. Then Avengers, and then a last-minute change. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy and Infinity War. But those two are uh, basically interchangeable for me. Okay, so... I mean, I feel like the elephant in the room is Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I hate to watch in right off the bat with what we disagree about, but I am... More than almost anyone I know, a, a Guardians hater. I just, <sighs> I mean, should I start? Maybe, maybe we'll always, maybe, I think it'll be a more positive arc to, mm-hmm. to start with the criticisms, then move towards, you know, your love for it. So sure. I will commence to say, I, I mean, it, it feels me to just jump in on those, but um, it was, I was so aware of, how many people were saying like they finally solved Marvel movies. They finally like stopped taking themselves so seriously. Like it's a complete game changer. And I would say that while, um, while I think they really established a, a fun and different tone with the kind of like improv quippy, Chris Pratty dialogue and the music and that tone is really strong I felt like it was one of the times it was a clarifying moment for me where I was like their playbook is just extremely formulaic and Ronan is boring as hell to me and this plot is boring as hell to me and uh, I kind of think the treatment of Gamora is like sexist and a waste of a great actor and um and i think it was overhyped i mean like it's it's you know it it it, it's always a question you know when we do these subjective things of like how much to take into effect like hype because if if i just watched it in a vacuum i might have enjoyed it more but with it being hailed as a game changer i felt like it was i felt like it was anything but and mm-hmm. and I find it's I find that most of its jokes like don't tend to land for me. And I, I think I would never have called myself a Guardians hater <laughs> if it was not um, so popular. Well, you don't you're, you're not hating it. You're saying it's a flawed popcorn flick. Uh, that's right. That's right. It's in, it's in, <laughs> I have it as a flawed popcorn film. Okay. Whereas Guardians Two. I think is a uh, a fine popcorn film, and you both rank Guardians two lower, much yeah. lower, yeah, than Guardians one. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea should go. <laughs> okay, uh, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think just the theme of found family is so strong in that movie and I think that every character gets their moment 
And I think Infinity War only makes watching it again better because you see where they end up and you see where their relationships end up. And I do appreciate that the treatment of Gamora is potentially not great when you're initially watching it. But... (laughs) Those are a lot of words to say that Gamora is treated sexist while you're watching the movie. Like, <laughs> But watching it again, I don't think so. I mean, there's definitely some gratuitous shots of her butt. <laughs> However, there's also gratuitous shots of Chris Pratt getting naked, which I appreciate. So I, I, I totally get that she's objectified, but I think in general, actually, her character is one of the more interesting ones in the in the MCU like this whole daughter of Thanos thing that she has rebelled against and like that we get to learn what that journey actually is in Infinity War with the Soul Stone is so good but and go I give it. I give Guardians 2 and then Infinity War credit for that that's why Guardians 2 is higher because mm-hmm. I found her stuff with Nebula more interesting in the sequel and even more interesting than in Infinity War. I think, like, Infinity War finally, mm. like, used Gamora well. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like James Gunn was ever actually writing her super great stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably mm-hmm. fair. And, yeah, I don't give that... It's like, it's like the... I actually, like, you know, Thor is a great character in the MCU. But right, but that not, doesn't redeem Thor. <laughs> not that doesn't redeem Thor or Thor of the Dark World. You know, they... um, can I go because yeah, you... Guardians, yeah. at least in this version of the list, is at my number one, which yeah. is also a sort of like depending on the mood thing. Um, I I just think I agree with you, Ned, about the hype and the the wave of uh, commentary it arrived on it arrived in, mm-hmm. um, where it also felt like because it's weird because there was at the same time that there was um, people saying oh they they reinvented the game this is not like other superhero movies like they've all they've revolutionized the genre and all this stuff there was also i feel like at least around me and maybe from from people like you and other people who who kind of saw through the matrix of it all saying this is extremely formulaic this is almost exactly what they just did in avengers um and they just added like uh music that you love mm-hmm. um and i hear that uh but what has emerged for me with the help of Infinity War and Guardians 2, which I also love. I do love Guardians 2. It's just, for me, um, it it's just doesn't hold a candle to the movies above it on my list. Um, I, I just, I agree with Chelsea that the heart of Guardians of the Galaxy is so there for me. Um, the uh, Rocket stuff, the Groot stuff, even, even Dra- like I just love all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Drax I love... is my favorite Guardian. I, yeah. I'm huge. I, he, that's someone that I think James Gunn actually does deserve a yeah. huge high five for because he is he is one that does not feel like an archetype to me. Yeah. He is an archetype breaker. Yeah, and I even love. Um, although again, it's probably with the help of Guardians too. But I still love um, Yondu in the first one. I yeah. think he's funny and he has great scenes. Yeah. Um, he has better scenes and he's funnier in the second one, but like he makes the first one really good too. Um, I think also for me, Guardians has what might be 
my favorite or among my top three scenes in the whole franchise, which is the prison escape. Yeah. I uh-huh. think that whole sequence from them walking into, from them being thrown into prison to meeting Drax to like, to having the encounter with Gamora. And then the, we just watched the movie like three weeks ago. So mm-hmm. it's fresh in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like I remember all the beats of like, they rocket starts to lay out their plan and then Groot triggers it all early. Like it, it's just, it, it's such a scene that works like clockwork. That is hilarious and action packed and full of color and full of like, I, I love that scene. Um, and I'll give it up. That's not a scene we have in any other MCU film. No. Know? Like a like a true like bumbling criminal's caper, you know. That, yeah. that that that's true. We don't get that. And I, and, I and appreciate it, that. It's weird where like this is a weird comparison to make, but it reminds me of like Toy Story or like a Pixar movie where it felt <laughs> yeah. like like the filmmakers or the storytellers did the perfect job of combining like five completely different characters and putting them in a scenario that only they could find themselves in. Yeah. And they each do the thing that their character would do and it leads to this chaotic but beautiful like uh, sequence. It, I, I love that scene. Um, so anyway. Uh, I think also that scene is one of the reasons that I like Amora so much is because when they get in the prison, like she is such a target because she's like, she, I feel like she does more than just being like the badass woman character because she is like evil. Like she's done terrible things and is trying to reconcile herself with that. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. She's a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Rocket, and I love Groot when he grows all around them. Yeah. The lights. And I even, like, in the bar fight when Rocket starts crying. Yes! And he says, he called me a monster, he called me a creature or something. Yeah. And he says, no one asked him, I didn't ask anyone to do this to me. And yeah. It gets me every time. <laughs> I, I like, I feel like the end of the movie is pretty lame for me. But I do, I do like, I also, like, you're naming a lot of the moments that I think stand out to me. I definitely enjoy that aspect of Rocket where he, like, is really insecure. I thought that mm-hmm. was strong. I find his, like, like, some of his, like, shtick kind of falls flat for me, but I do think that, you know, that that aspect of it is is cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I also really like... Sorry, we shouldn't spend the whole time talking about Guardians. <laughs> yeah. But I also like the, the lead-up to the final act of it, which is, like... It's it's so it's it, it, this part it, it is formulaic. It is like a lot of the other movies, but for some reason with these characters, the the speech that Chris Pratt says, where he's like, "This is our chance to give a shit." Mm-hmm. It's so dumb, and it's so like it, it's so like rock and roll. Maybe and it could fall flat, but it doesn't fall flat for me after like the introduction of these characters and the plot of the movie. And it feels like such, especially now, like having gotten to know James Gunn better since that movie came out and gotten to know the cast better and how they understand how they relate to the franchise and how they relate to their characters. That speech just like, it's cool. It's like, it, it is, it is, it reminds me of the, um, when we, we just watched Aquaman this weekend and it's one of those scenes where it's just oh, like, <laughs> we hated Aquaman, by the way. but, <laughs> yeah, um, it's one it. of those scenes where it's like, this is actually what it means to be a hero, you know, like in, in a superhero franchise when they can stop and like, just talk a little bit about like being a hero means like going and trying to do the right thing, even though it might mean suicide. Like, I don't know. I, I, I love it. It works yeah. on me. And I'll tip, I mean, I'm going to tip off one part of my, something you will hear me come back to, I think, 21 times today, is that I am a huge, from like, a, from being a child comic book fan, I am a huge villain. I care a lot mm. about the, I'm a villain fan. I care a lot about the villains. 
Yeah. And if you look at the bottom of my list, they are weak villains, I think, yep. generally. And I think that Ronan is a weak villain. Yeah, that's fair. That's and a, totally And a fair. misused actor. And I'm going to... Another yeah. track I want to keep track of is misused and underused actors of the MCU. Many, yeah. I mean, many, many of them are Rachel McAdams. <laughs> yes. Okay. One. Well, yeah, we didn't get there yet, but the number one most criminally underused actor is Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Y- yes. Especially for that stage of the MCU. Followed yeah. Closely by Evangeline Lilly. But actually, no. I'm sorry, Natalie Portman. Like, oh, thank you. Natalie yes. Portman yeah. is <laughs> like. I can't believe she came back for another one. I know. Like, okay. Yeah. But here's the, like, even Natalie Portman, I think that, I, Natalie Portman's phenomenal, but I think Rachel McAdams is also phenomenal. And yeah. Natalie Portman, yeah. like, even though her movie is garbage, at least in her second movie, they make her central. And Rachel McAdams hasn't <laughs> had a second. Yeah, <laughs> she... You're, you're going to have to remind us yeah, both of what, what okay, yes. transpires in her so, second movie. <laughs> in Thor The Dark World, which I think, let's see, I have it 19... Uh-huh. Chelsea has it 18, but doesn't remember it. <laughs> and Lewis mark. also has it 19. So yeah. we all agree it's better than Thor, which is funny because I don't think, I don't think that's a critical consensus. But Thor irks me so it's much. It's so bad. We just rewatched it recently, and we were like, "What is the point? Yeah. of this. This that movie sucked. It's amazing <laughs> that that movie didn't bring the whole franchise to a screeching halt. <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. It's right. It was the was it the fourth one it may have oh uh iron man uh, yeah it was the fourth yeah, I one i think so i only saw it the only time i saw thor was the day avengers came out i went to a screening of all five of the ones leading up to it <laughs> oh and i will never again watch thor unless i am marathoning all the movies it has <laughs> yeah not an ounce of rewatchable of, of, of anything <laughs> that pulls me to rewatch it again i just have no mm-hmm. interest I think its action is extremely bad. It's villain. It's like, it's, you know, what's an interesting pattern that we should track to these is times when a movie created a character and bungled it, but a later movie saved it. Because yeah. Thor and Loki are great characters yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that get, they just get, they, the MCU has treated them so well in the long run. But yeah. it's like if you watch their first movie, there's there's no good characters in that movie because it's a shit movie. There's Thor: a, The Dark World. There's a spark in Loki. There's a spark in Loki. In the first Thor, yeah. you're saying? Yeah. You yeah. watched there's, more recently. There's like a little tiny kernel hidden in there. Yeah. Thor I mean, I guess is completely th- different. Yeah. The, Thor is. Yeah. The character of Thor is different completely character. different. Yeah. Did Joss Whedon just basically rewrite him for the Avengers? You feel? I think they must have just found out that he's funny. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, because, yeah, and, and they started I, I don't to know. suspect it. Yeah. They I mean, the, know, par- yeah. the the point of Thor is that like he is a huge asshole until yeah. the very end of the movie, but like he he's not likable and he's not interesting and he's not funny mm-hmm. and yeah. he's not cool. Like he's not anything except a huge asshole and hot. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Um, the frost giants are lame, and his friends yeah. his friends are lame, and so Stella Skarsgård. Uh, 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 what's her name? Cat Dennings is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, but also, especially having after having seen like Black Panther and even Ragnarok, um, like they also just totally bungled the introduction of like Asgard. Like it's just yeah. not an interesting place. It's visually just like shiny. It, it, the whole like they had such an opportunity. There, there's cool stuff to do with 
that whole concept mm-hmm. and the whole concept of Norse gods living in space. Yeah. That is just like, they really wait like three or four movies before they really start to pull that stuff out. And you, it's, you are right that to compare the exposition and introduction of Asgard versus the exposition and introduction of Wakanda just yeah. makes Ooh. it clear how much of like, how much Thor just fell immediately on its face. Yeah. It's yeah. just a huge botch job. Yeah. So Thor the Dark World, Jane <laughs> is possessed by the ether. Or not possessed by, but it like bonds with her. Yeah. yeah so yeah, she yeah. has some like visions and like she becomes the MacGuffin. You know, right. where like she's... And then she's... they have to like take her to Asgard. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Thor's mom dies and Loki gets <laughs> sad about it and that's another like notable part. But and it's... then Loki dies? He fakes his death. Yeah, doesn't he? I mean, like, he falls into space in the first one. He fakes his death in that one. He's, you know, <laughs> that guy. Although, like, we agree. Do you think he's dead? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we just recently watched Infinity War again. He's dead. I've always thought he was dead, but, like. Because yeah. also we think Thor's going to die in Endgame. Yeah, that's my that's my Endgame theory. I don't agree with that, but we can maybe we could talk about that when we get to Infinity War. Yeah, we'll talk about okay. it. Yeah, yeah. I, um, there was a threat. Oh, before we get further, I just also want to say that um, my love for these movies has nothing to do with comics. I don't read. I've not read these comics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as they are, as what they are, as adaptations of existing characters or storylines, is nothing to me. They're all like new characters and new storylines. So, yeah. which I know is slightly different for you, and as you well, already mentioned, uh, it it can be it. It can be interesting to me to connect them to the comics, but I am not um, against ever adaptations taking you know t- uh, doing going broad strokes to make a good movie because yeah. faithfully adapting a comic as we've seen in things like Watchmen, although that was a surface faithfulness without actually getting anything, yeah. is clearly no recipe. In any case, we know that adaptations have to adapt. So I was more saying like. From getting interested in superhero mythos as a kid, I always thought supervillains were extremely cool mm-hmm. and interesting. And I mean, you, you agree that an antagonist, a good antagonist, is is something like key for a good hero story. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Thor: The Dark well, World has a very weak antagonist, and so does Thor, I guess, if it's Loki. Yeah. Um, Thor one actually suffers from something that I think Captain Marvel suffers from, which is like. Instead of one clear antagonist, it's kind of like, oh, you know, there's a couple, you know, they've got a couple different challenges they have to deal with. It's this thing, and then yeah. it kind of shifts to this thing, which I thought I was wish a... I... We've only seen Captain Marvel once, and I wish I could have watched it again before we did this. Mm-hmm. Because too. I think Ditto. I really like it conceptually, but after we got out of the theater, I was like, okay. I agree. I, I think it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, and uh, honestly, this is, like, one of my main contentions with Marvel. It's, like, so ridiculous it took them this long to make a female lead. Yeah. And, like, Wonder Woman got there first, so sorry about it, but I had a deeply emotional experience watching Wonder Woman in the movie theater. Yeah. And Marvel didn't get there fast enough. No, they didn't (laughs) get there fast enough, and I don't think they get quite as much of a pat on the back as they thought they did. You know, things like... Yeah. Like... I just remember having a moment in Captain Marvel at the climax or what was one of the climaxes when she says to 
Jude Law, like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And then, like, I felt yeah. them, like, pause for the audience's applause. But we yeah. were all like, oh, you know, we, we weren't hugely invested in these characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you really earned a, an applause moment there. Because it, like, it wasn't, like, focused enough in that. Are we talking yeah. about Captain Marvel now? Where do you? I guess you, so. <laughs> so you both have it. Lewis, it looks like it's like 12-ish or 11-ish for you. 13 is what I have. But, 13. But, yeah. Chelsea, you have it as? It's somewhere in the middle for me. It's right in the middle for me. It's 11 of 21. So I guess that's by definition dead center. Yeah, it's 11 for me too. I think the structure um, is a mishmash a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, I I love the idea that throughout the whole movie she's getting these messages that she can't be emotional she's too emotional and like that's going to be a weakness and then at the end it flips it and like her emotions are her strength but i think the problem is that she's not emotional no like yeah, it does she's seem... just sort of standing there and people are like calm down carol yeah <laughs> i thought yeah. that was a really weird sort of dissonance with it where it was like they could have done you know, you could interpret it as like everyone's saying she's emotional and she's not. Right. Or everyone's saying she's emotional and it's bad and her emotions are actually good. But you mm-hmm. can't really do both. And it kind of feels like they tried to do both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that like arc didn't come super clear for me. No. I liked. I... Go ahead. I was gonna say, in reference to something we said earlier, I got I, I got very strong vibes from her that she's a character that I'm gonna like in later movies. Yeah, um, yeah. That like taken out of this storyline, because um, I really liked her too. I, yeah. Like and and it yeah. was confusing the plot beats that were set up around her. Or uh, sorry, th- what Chelsea just mentioned about the emotion stuff and what they were sort of building to was her arc in this movie. But by the end of the movie, I was like, "Oh, I'm super ready for you to hang out with everybody else and like do other things." Yeah, even even the little tag on the Endgame trailers. Have you seen the Endgame trailers? Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. So with when she has a little moment with Thor and she's doing oh. her little like, like you know, lidded side eye, just like, "Oh, there's your hammer. Oh, that's nice." I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this th- this will be fun." And yeah. she's like, and she's a, she's a real, she's a real, uh, she's like going to be a great hero to just have in the, like, whatever the next phase is or the next saga is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also like that she's not like her, her thing doesn't seem to be like s- sarcasm. Like she yeah. doesn't have to be the clever one. Like if people are really trying to make the connection between like the next saga there's a one-to-one replacement for each Avenger, and yeah. people say she's the replacement for Captain America. Like, I don't know if that's really necessary, no, but like, no. she totally like, she totally feels like a, a, a like a like a like a serious person. <laughs> like, I, she doesn't come across as like she's gonna be try to be witty like Star Lord and Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Spider Man and Thor. Like, she she's a different thing. Yeah, um, I, I agree that she will be she will be I think she'll be sincere like Captain America, but I don't think she's going to replace that character because she's also a little bit she's she's got a wry sense of humor. I think she's yeah. like Thor. Yeah. And yeah. Black Panther will be like Captain America. Yes, yes, definitely. That's probably right. Yeah. That's um, not I think that's not originally my take. I think I saw that somewhere. Just full disclosure. Oh, that was <laughs> the podcast. There's anyway. no originality in any of this. It's okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> decent. Well, I was going to say decent villain. I actually, I normally am a Ben Mendelsohn hater. Um, what? In, uh, I just think he always plays the same character. Did I just feel Bloodline? like, 
What'd you say? No, Did no. I, well, here's okay. the thing. Okay. I have not actually seen, like, when he was considered, like, a respected, dramatic Australian actor. I've just seen okay. him being, like, copy-pasted in American blockbusters. Yeah. Like, Dark Knight Rises and Robin Hood, which I have seen. Oh, God. Ready Player One. <laughs> Which I haven't seen, and he's been in some other things. Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue. Exactly. I thought I. I actually. I mean, really hate him in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel but, like he's sort of fallen into the same trap that Christoph Waltz has fallen into. Yeah, like an amazing actor from another country, so we just like ship him in to play our boring villains. Exactly. <laughs> because you yeah. should watch Bloodline because. Yeah, I hear. Well, that. first of all, Kyle Chandler is amazing, mm-hmm. um, but also. It, it, I think that was sort of his like breakout in America and he is incredible yeah. in Bloodline. All this is to say, I actually really enjoyed him in uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Not same. when he was not when he was the American Shield director, which was like the same thing, and I was like, Oh, not this again. But all of his like Talos stuff, particularly from when he is revealed to be not evil, I think yeah. is like really good. And I part of it I sort of wonder, I'm like, is he just better? when he isn't doing an accent cuz his like his native australian like really his deliveries are all really fun <laughs> his american is like yeah. really boring i don't know i think it's a really good choice to let him use his original accent and it's sort of a fun play that like when he is the american villain he's like in disguise and pretending to be human <laughs> yeah 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 I like that um, um what should we talk about now I want to talk about Iron Man 2 has been sort of because of the bottom of your list. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to get out of the way why it's not at the bottom of my list. Mm-hmm. And I guess it might have more to do with the other movies that are below it, actually, mm-hmm. for me. But because you said flawed villain and Iron Man 2 is at the very bottom of your list. And like the, the, the little enjoyment I get out of Iron Man 2 comes primarily from Sam Rockwell and like oh, no. his interactions with Mickey Rourke, like I, I just Lewis, you're so wrong. Okay. Yeah, I I agree <laughs> with Chelsea. <laughs> I think he's funny. That scene. People keep talking about Sam Rockwell as like bring back Justin Hammer. He was so fun. He was so great. No, he's I terrible. think he's obnoxious. <laughs> that scene where Mickey Rourke is like doing his, I forget what's going on. Maybe it's like Mickey Rourke is working on. <laughs> A robot in Hammer's lab, and like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like a like a montage. It's like a you know they like jump cut through like a couple different like clearly like Sam Rockwell like improvising, yeah lines being like oh is he doing that oh I guess that's okay oh, oh. <laughs> and it's like it just screams like bad improv bit and like not the you know like these like you wouldn't credit these movies that often for having like a spark of like authenticity and like. Ooh, what an organic human reaction. Like, when they're good, I think it's because they're, like, meticulously crafted. But that was an example of, like, the low point opposite of that. I also feel like Mickey Rourke is supposed to be your central villain. And you could just see in his dead eyes, like, how badly he wants out of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's truly, truly bad. But I also feel like Sam Rockwell is phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's sort of doing these antics just to be doing something, but yes. it has no point to it. I agree. I agree. Okay. So we and, can put Iron Man 2 to bed. <laughs> and, and think about also, just to just to put one more nail in its coffin, like, that's another incidence, maybe one of the strongest ones in the pattern of, like, weak introduction for a character oh, that gets great, because Black yeah. Widow comes in there. Yeah. And it's that whole, yeah. like, fake, like, fake ditzy thing, like, 
seduction thing that she does for a while. And it's like, oh, yeah. Tony's into this hot redhead. Oh, she can do karate. She beat up John Favreau. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> but I can't believe that that's where she comes in because, like, I tend to, like, find her always so compelling. I mean, I think yeah. I think she's best in Avengers 1. Yeah. Definitely. Her, her character introduction, her first two minutes in Avengers 1 are, like... Perfection. Yeah. It's the best yeah. that she ever is. You almost forget that that's not her character intro. Yeah. Because right. it's such a good intro to her character. Yeah. Uh, Avengers 1 is my favorite Black Widow. But I think that she falls into that category for me of underused actors. She yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that part of it is not by... By, by time, she has a lot mm-hmm. to do. Oh, wait. I'm forgetting Winter Soldier. I think... I guess I still think she works best in in Avengers because I like her stuff with Hawkeye and how kind of like yeah. – and her stuff with Loki, her scene with Loki so good. Mm-hmm. But I think she is an incredible foil for Chris Evans in yes. Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they just get to do like a road trip yeah. and her like – her like – like uh, – pathologically gray worldview mm-hmm. is just like meeting his like sunny black and white worldview and that's like yeah. so thematic for that movie and also they have such like good chemistry and like it's like I'm like oh yeah I I, I want to see these two like have each other's back in the future mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I have really high hopes for the Black Widow movie which they will probably do they, right? they're they, casting apparently, it apparently it, it's weird it's official but like it's not it's been official for like a year but like they don't talk about it the way they talk about like black panther 2 or spider-man like yeah. where it has it hasn't felt real but like it is real and they just haven't like given it a release date mm-hmm. or actually maybe they have i don't think they have a release date but they're announcing casting yeah, yeah. no no the casting <laughs> were rumors that came out this week that wasn't official but it was highly credible rumors? rumors it was david harbour um, oh, and Florence like Pugh and Florence Pugh from uh, Oh Fighting, from Fighting with, my, with family. my Family, which yeah. I saw on your recommendation, you two, and I loved it. Did yeah. you love it? Okay, great. yeah, it's, it's great. It's very good. It's a blast. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I agree I with all that the, about Black Widow. I want to talk about the romance between Black Widow and Bruce Banner. Oh, whoa, okay. All right, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle. One, two, three. Thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs middle. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. Here's why. <laughs> Here's why. Oh, okay, my thumbs up comes with a caveat. Okay. I am thumbs up on the relationship. I am thumbs down on the as of now execution of the, their relationship. Hmm. Like. See, I find I... those hard to separate. i understand that may be confusing (laughs) i think that they have great chemistry like when she comes to get him in avengers one and they meet for the first time like i i just think they always have such a great tension between them and like their their sort of backstories of like i'm physically a dangerous person so i can't connect with anyone i think is interesting but in terms of like the actual scenes that they get together after Avengers, I don't really like any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I I agree with that, which is why I'm sort of thumbs in the middle. Yeah. Like, I've, good idea, bad execution. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, I guess I, I think we actually all agree in different things. We just take it. We we agree on the same points. We just take it in different ways. I'm like, 
that romance, no matter whether, you know, they have chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of characters have chemistry and the seeds for an interesting relationship. But then, like, when they play it out, I think it's a botched job because of the writing of Age of Ultron, which is, like, pretty... Yep. I, I just think it, like, it's... Uh, I mean, I haven't rewatched that one in a while, but... I've rewatched it recently. It's. I feel like it's just cringy, and, like, it seems to come out of nowhere, and it, like... I think that it... Part of it is, like... I think the things they're doing in Avengers with her navigation of her own emotionality and vulnerability are really awesome and nuanced. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like they just suddenly, like, the needle just, like, starts, like, flickering wildly in Age of Ultron, where, like, she's flirting with him, and I'm not clear why. I I don't know. I just feel like it... uh, I can't speak super articulately about Age of Ultron, but I really was not a fan of it and I yeah. was not sold on their romance and and like th- you know so many like aspects I mean the things that um the things that stick most clearly in my memory are one like she gets captured and thrown in jail by I hate that by it's so Ultron bad. Yeah. and then mm-hmm. like Bruce shows up with like a weird gun and is like I'm rescuing you hate that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony has that line about hide the cucumber which oh, is like, yeah. which is the most oh, like send shivers up and down your spine. <laughs> offensive I writing. I don't even remember that line. I must have like blocked it from my memory. Oh, he says it every time. I've, I've actually he says it, and every time he says it while we're watching the movie, I see you black out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did block it out, and I'm I'm sorry to remind you of it, but of but it is it is a major tick against that that romance. Um, um, whereas, go ahead. Oh. Well, I was just gonna use that to talk about Age of Ultron in general. But if you want to, you you, no, you, no, no. you finish your thought. Well, my thought was gonna be to compare it to. Um, this will take us off course, but well, it's it's we're That's talking it. now about the Avengers franchise. That um, yeah, the Scarlet Witch Vision romance is one that the seeds were there. I was disinclined to be into it, but I thought they mm-hmm. did execute it quite well. So yeah. now I'm invested in that in a way in which I'm like, please, Natasha and Bruce, never get back together. Yeah. I mean, the, the romantic relationship that I'm in is Star-Lord and Gamora, like, 100%. Um, that scene in Infinity War, we literally just watched it, so I'm biased. But the scene where um, Star-Lord shoots her and yeah. then the, the, it turns into bubbles makes me cry every single time. It's a really great scene. And the um, lead up, the lead up to it is a great scene, which yeah. also includes a decent bit of Drax humor. Yes, yeah. yes. And I forgive, I forgive Star Lord for his emotional meltdown because I think they earn it. Oh, oh absolutely. my God! It is, it is one of the most earned. We can't t- start talking about Infinity War right now okay, because okay. we're going to go. Off we're track. just talking about relationships. Uh, like. Well, and Scar- Scarlet, I, I, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you, Ned, that it's sort of a weird inverse of the Black Widow stuff because. It's not something I care about in my head, but when I when it happens in the movies, it, it, it like works. Like it's it does it doesn't mm-hmm. not work, mm-hmm. but it's not it, it, it. Um, I just I never was really super into and e- each of their characters individually, and so I don't really care about them together either. But I super appreciate like their relationship is very important to Infinity War, and it works, and it's yeah. crucial that it works. So it's important yeah. that they pulled it off. 
I just don't really care about it. Yeah. Yeah. So Age of Ultron. Oh, well, I was gonna—I was just gonna say in in franchise romance. I'm not saying I like this one, mm-hmm. but this one rings truer for me than the others, mm-hmm. which is um, Tony and Pepper. Yeah. I like Tony like, and Pepper. Like, yeah, it's just like it's not a perfect relationship, and yeah. he's not a perfect person, and she doesn't really have much else to do except be like cameo in each of the movies. But every time I see the beach of their relationship, like it, it. it it works like long form where you see a little yeah. bit in each movie. It feels super real to me and it yeah. feels like like it has been earned over a long period of time and it, yeah. and it works in the individual movies that it crops up in. And they, um, it's, it's so tasty in Iron Man 1. It's so yeah. good. Uh-huh. All their yeah. chemistry is so, you're like, you just want them to get together so bad. Yeah. And yeah. her like, yeah. her whole Tony Stark has a heart, little gift to him and how that plays Ugh. out. Where mm-hmm. I want to, I, I want to keep working from the bottom up of these lists. Okay. Um, but, uh-huh. but uh, Age of Ultron. Anything else to say? What do we think about Ultron himself? Well, yeah, I was gonna say about Age of Ultron because I've watched it. I think in the last year, probably. Mm-hmm. It's um, it is a it is a very weird movie in this list. Um, and it, it seems to me the most the 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 biggest victim of what a lot of critics of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will throw at it which i don't think is a fair criticism but is fair of age of ultron which is that like it's just a it's just a holdover between movies like it's just a movie that is itself a marketing uh which is itself a commercial for the other movies um it it, which is like fair and then also when i watch it like there are little beats of moments that i'm like like i really super like the idea of Tony is so paranoid he does this thing that goes horribly wrong Mm -hmm. but the movie is not really about that and it just doesn't do that really even though he does it and like that's what Ultron is it just is not really grappled with the same with the same like like deafness that the that that the end of Avengers is like that that moment at the end of Avengers when he puts the nuke into the wormhole has worked so well it has literally set up the entire like 20 movies to follow yeah and it has continued yeah. to work for me and like ultron should have been kind of like that and it's like it's weird because at times it feels like they tried and then there were other times where they were like no no no, this movie is just popcorn flick and nothing really that important yeah. happens in it and like quicksilver i don't yeah. really care oh, about no, quicksilver no. and like no. yeah there's lots that just doesn't really work about it i mean it doesn't work i think because the solution to the evil robot is creating another robot no yeah and and also yeah. like there the moment I, you might not it might not be crystal clear in your memory but there's a scene when Cap when like Ultron or who who someone warns Captain Captain America that like if you've defeat like have you if you've defeated Ultron have you really defeated what really happened here and it's like and that's when Cap realizes like oh my God Iron Man's gonna or Tony's Tony. gonna do something again mm-hmm. and that's yeah. at that it smash cut to Tony about to create Vision mm-hmm. and it's like it is that like just the description of it as I'm saying it is like that is super dramatic mm-hmm. and that could itself be the setup for Civil War. And it leads to this great like scene where the 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 Avengers are fighting over the animating uh, body of Vision, but like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. It like it just doesn't work, and it's such a shame because it feels like a good idea, um, and it feels like wasted and it's weird. It's a yeah. weird movie. It's you, you know, it's it's impossible to well. It's not as if I say like oh well. Because I can see it now. They should have seen it then. But it feels like there is a better movie than either of them to be made by combining Age of Ultron and Civil War. Yeah, I agree. Because Age of Ultron, like, they tease with the trailer, like, the Avengers will fight. 
and it was like the Avengers will fight for a scene, and then they'll go just sort of like back to their previous status quo. I agree that it, um, the way it plays into Tony's entire franchise arc, which is a really strong arc, yes, is cool. But you're right that it's it's better. It's what they're saying they're trying to do is better than what they actually end up doing, which is kind of lame. Again, it's just kind of like yeah. the structure and the pacing are like they're just off. They're like you're like oh now we're at a farm. Why? Yeah. 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 Why? Yeah. Um, yeah. I said. Yeah. I um I, I agree. I'm just looking at this list for other topics. I have nothing to say about Doctor Strange. It is like a super whatever movie to me. I have these specific things to say about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think the action of these movies overall, as we sort of said earlier, is really uh, not quite as good as it should be. It's too uniform. I mean, I've started to hear lately, I, I, I may be wrong in the way I'm saying this fact, but I'm pretty sure that they have like a, an in-house action studio that just comes in and like yeah. takes over for the fight scenes. Where did and I heard this? that too. Was this on an Empire podcast or something? I feel like it was like it was yes, this is sounding super familiar to me too. Because Where it's th- like one of the reasons like nobody would ever cite the action of Black Panther or the action of Thor Ragnarok as being anything they like about those movies that are so beloved mm-hmm. is because like the director was like, okay, I'm going to step aside, and then the in-house action team will just do it. And the action yeah. is, tends to be fucking lame. Yeah. And I do think Doctor Strange is has some of the better action because the visuals are cool. Hmm. I think the, like, the Inception-style stuff... I mean, you know, it's ripped out of, you know, Inception's book, the way they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to take the architecture and bend it, and they're going to be sideways. But... I think it's neat, and uh, so I, I think that generally the visuals of it are cool, and a, a note I took was that would do more for it on this list if we didn't have Black Panther like a few years later, where the visuals were so, so, so much better, Yeah. Um, but I think like that Doctor Strange's like wizard magic stuff was cool, and... Um, yeah, the cast is the cast for an incredibly talented cast. Yeah. There are not really any super interesting performances. So that's no. kind of a bummer. And Rachel McAdams, tragically I mean, wasted. Wasted. She gives her all in that one scene. And that one scene is really good. What's when the one scene? When she brings groceries to Stephen Strange and he's being an asshole to her. And she's like, you're, you're being cruel right now. And she actually like yells at him. Yeah. That's the one good scene. I mean, that said, I would love to see a sequel to Doctor Strange because I want more Rachel McAdams. I want more mm-hmm. Chiwetelle Ejiofor yes. mm-hmm. as Carl Mordo, who will be the bad yeah. guy next time. Yeah. Oh, Guardians 2 is what's next up my list. And we didn't talk about Guardians 2 that much except in relation to Guardians 1, but um, I love Mantis. I want to say that. Oh. That's that's one I of the reasons. Like Mantis. It's one of the reasons Guardians 2 is above Guardians 1 for me. So I was like, oh, I love Mantis. Mm-hmm. I like the Gamora Nebula. Yeah, love yeah. Gamora Nebula. I love the Mary Poppins joke. Yeah. Um, and I think I, for me, it's just it's just not as tight of a plot. It feels like a little more meandering, and I'm not super. This may just be a thing for me. Like I'm not super invested in this father son relationship, 
I am so much more invested in eight-year-old Star-Lord not taking his mom's hand uh-huh. <laughs> at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree. I'm not yeah. sure I agree. I mean, I don't think the father-son stuff is great. I think it's mm-hmm. okay. I like when they play, like, I like when it plays Cat Stevens's father and son, and they, like, are throwing the energy ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, and I have mixed feelings about the, um, the come a little bit closer sequence where Yondu kills all the Ravagers with the arrow. You know because what? I'm into it. I know it's mass murder, but let I, him finish his thought. I'm into it. Well, she thought. you had, she anticipated my thought. It rubs me the wrong way, and it makes me think of the scene in um in have you seen Kingsman? Yes, yeah. the first so in, one. Yeah, the first one in Kingsman when like the like aggression thing goes off in Colin Firth, and he like murders the whole church of like you know, super yeah. conservative people. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I, it, 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 I put those two scenes together and I've decided like, I think it's kind of irresponsible to portray, to make, to make gleeful fun. And I think Matthew Vaughn and Mark Miller of kick of Kingsman are like way worse at this. But mm-hmm. I think that I am not into, I, I don't think killing a bunch of people should be fun. Even if they are bad, even if yeah. they deserve it. I kind of think like, Philosophically, I believe when good guys have to kill bad guys, they shouldn't be pumped about it. So that's it rubs me the wrong way. But it's such a it's it's such a well shot. Not a good guy. Say again. I would argue that Yondu is not a good guy. Yeah, but what are you? But then, like, how do we engage with that? We're still rooting for him. You know, he's not a good guy. Mm -hmm. But like we don't engage with that scene being like oh it's just an atrocity from one bad person to another we're like oh it's yandu that's awesome yandu's finally kicking their asses cuz they killed all the other guys i'm glad they should you know and it's like it's the way they shoot it is really fun with all their like mm-hmm. funny faces and the ravagers are really funny mm-hmm. but i don't know eh, you didn't need to hear me say that cuz you know we're kind of all square on where guardians you, is you're the one who ranked it above <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, so yeah, that's true. That's true. Now I'm now I'm wondering if I should you know change that up, but who knows? <laughs> um, can we talk about the Ant Man movies for a second? Yeah, are they like just below the middle for you two? That's where they yes. are for me. Yeah, I and so. I have Wasp above Ant Man. The original Ant Man I thought so was a truly I. bad film. I have it below. Truly bad. I just like I didn't think it I didn't laugh once I thought that like Paul Rudd was miscast I just like I don't know I just I that movie does not click with me the the original Ant-Man I love Paul Rudd I think he's super funny uh yeah I have no passionate feelings about Ant-Man whatsoever (laughs) I have Um, passionately negative feelings towards Ant-Man I mean the reason I put Ant-Man before okay so Ant-Man has that one good scene where they narrate what they're doing Luis Michael Pena yeah we're yeah he's the best part he's the best part of both movies yeah and that's that's the one good scene that is a reason for AMA to be above AMA the Wasp because Luis does that more and it's so funny yes (laughs) it's like it's like drunk history in a in a movie so that's why Ant-Man is above Ant-Man and the Wasp for me also just like Ant-Man screws up so bad not making Evangeline Lilly, Ant-Man. Yeah. The whole movie is about how 
she should be Ant-Man, but her dad is just like, no, until the very end where he's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's super bizarre. It's super bizarre. And then I felt like in the next movie, they were like, well, we don't worry. She's the wasp now and it's going to be really cool. And they like give her extra flying power suit, whatever. But I'm like, this is too little, too late. And it's just making me even more mad that I'm supposed to be more impressed by her in this movie. Yeah, the Ant-Man movies, as we try to talk about them, they're 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 slipping down my list. Yeah. They're yeah. they're not they're not that good, are they? No. And no. especially like when you think about the fact that the best Ant-Man action is not in either of the Ant-Man movies. Like I think the Ant-Man is Better Civil in Civil War. War than he is in either of yeah. his own movies. I agree. And, yeah, he's and great. I get the feeling he's going to be better in Endgame. So. He's so funny in Civil War. That's the best yeah. Ant-Man stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's like, how many of these characters actually are best in their own movies? You know, so many of them are better in, like, team-up movies. Um, we haven't yeah. talked about Cap yet. Well, we're saving the best for last. Okay. Like, clearly, we're, there are some movies we haven't talked about yet that we agree are very good. I didn't know until I made this list how much of a captain america stan i am but yeah thor's oh. dropped down to the bottom iron man is spread throughout and the captain movies are all they're way up near the top um the villain uh darren cross yellow jacket is is he's in a race to the bottom with caecilius and malekith the dark elf for worst mcu villain yep. i think he's so bad okay. he's yep. a great another great actor but yeah. I don't even I don't even think he's being I think he's just doing a doing a terrible performance. Anyway. Everything about it is bad. Let's move on. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> um, should, I don't know what to talk about. I feel like we do want to save Captain America for last because there's so much to talk about there, and I think it'll take us across all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Should we talk about Spider Man or Black Panther? I don't know. I mean, for me, like, Ragnarok, Homecoming, and Black Panther all came out one after the other, and they were all, like, bangers. Like, they were so good for different reasons, and I would watch them all any day of the week. Let's talk about those three movies. I, I, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about Thor Ragnarok, just to close the loop on Thor, because we've already talked so much about Thor. Um, I, I really love that movie. I think yeah. that movie's actually underrated. Um, like because I think that people talk about it the same way they talk about Guardians where they were like they fixed Thor they made him funny yeah and I think that Thor Ragnarok is just like possibly the most the most visually even next to Black Panther I think the visuals of Thor Ragnarok are like they finally deliver on some of the Norse shit um, in a way that's like actually cool I think that like all the shit that happens I forget what the planet is called but like the visuals on that planet are Sikari? like is that what it's called Sikar Sikar yeah I just think, like, it, it, it just so works for me on almost everything it's doing. And, like, I, I like, um, I like, oh, God, what's her name? Tessa Thompson. Valkyrie? Yeah. Um, yeah I love Valkyrie. I mean, Valkyrie's fucking yeah. awesome. And yeah. uh, what's his name? Korg? Korg. Korg is, Korg is so is funny. Um, the action, I, I think the action in Thor Ragnarok is good. Um, it's not great, but is it's it? good. <laughs> I mean, the la- it, it sort of starts to go downhill in the big last fight. Is yeah, so, so like, does the movie, I think. Yeah, it's like kind of rushed, and like that wolf comes in to fight the Hulk, and I don't really care. Yeah, I completely forgot about the wolf. Yeah, yeah. I, but Kate Blanchett is she's great. Awesome. I, I think she's good. I mean, I, I, she's 
she it's it, she's good in a in a franchise where all the supervillains are on average not that great. She mm-hmm. stands out, I think. Um, and uh, I also just like I love a movie that has a good um, arc or like has a good beginning and end point. And the revelation of the movie being that they should just let Asgard burn and find yeah. a new home, I think is such like I think that's such a you know, not just... I mean, I have a thing for when Marvel movies put seismic shifts into the universe, into, into a movie. But, like, yeah. I think that the theme, that, that like, realization from Thor that, like, Asgard, that his home is not a place and that, like, the home for the people is not a place, I think is just a really... It's just a really strong concept, and I think the movie delivers it well. Um, so, it's, uh, yeah. It sounds good hearing you talk about it you guys but <laughs> it's further down my list because i think that the asgard stuff and the space stuff i really came away with a feeling of them not having gelled at all mm. and i felt like when we go when we went back to asgard i was like what is going on here and every time we mm-hmm. checked in with asgard and I, because part of it i have to say is I think Kate Blanchett is a phenomenal actress. I think the idea of seeing her play a villain was such a delicious idea, but I don't think it's a good character, like at all. I think I don't think there's much to Hela. I think that's totally correct, and I think that I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, just Great. To I was so I was wondering what your rebuttal would be, and I, I I buy it. You know, I hear you. Like I, I'm just watching her have a great time. Yes. And I love her, like, swishing her hands back and her horn things come out. And, like, the scene where she is, um, like, has first taken over Asgard and she's walking through the hall and being like, I like that. That's trash. (laughs) I I just think she's having fun, so I'm having fun. And I think that's a lot more than you can say about most Marvel villains. That's true. That's, Um, it's true. I just think if they could combine her having fun with the, like, thematic uh, integration that is going on with the few, really few, great Marvel villains, then you mm-hmm. then, it, then it would be higher on my list. Yeah. I do like her character, like, her character's place in the world, like, the world building of her existence. I don't even how remember that, it. Well, she's the, lo- she's the first daughter of... Um, of, Odin. of Odin, and she is the warrior that, like, basically brought all the other kingdoms under uh, Asgard's subjugation, which is why Asgard is wealthy. Um, mm-hmm. And then, basically, Odin, she, like, once they, like, were prosperous, she was still war-hungry, and Odin was ready to, like, start just settling down and making Asgard a good place to live, so he sealed her away because she was dangerous. So, like, mm-hmm. the idea that Asgard is built on this imperial... Uh, like war machine that is her mm-hmm. um, and that she was the original wielder of uh, Thor's hammer. Um, like, I, I, I just like that mythology. Uh, I don't know. And, and it, it, again, it works for me to say like, and again, for Thor to um, then become king and to say actually that it's possible to be even a better king than Odin mm-hmm. um, is, uh, yeah, it all works for me. Yeah. I, I, when you yeah you describing that I'm like oh that's cool I think one of the reasons I forgot it is because like it has so little to do with <laughs> the parts of the movie that I really enjoy which are on Sakar or yeah. yeah but I agree the visuals are awesome I think that letting those characters be goofy including letting Mark Ruffalo 
do his mm-hmm. like weird Billy Crystal esque goofiness. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh-huh. the I like I really am incredibly charmed by the Tessa Thompson bit where she's like, I know you from somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't figure it out. Um there's a lot that's really charming in there. I agree, I think Korg is great. Although Korg is in that movie for like two minutes. I know, but yeah. he's great when he's, <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> yes, he's a really good character. And he's good because Taika Waititi is funny. And, like, yeah. his, his, like, Kiwi humor is funny. Yeah. Um, my one other gripe that's just, like, stuck in my head maybe too much is that, like, the final, like, like, one of the final, like, fuck yeah moments is that, like, AK-47 stuff. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I hate like, no, that. I don't yeah. like no, I actively hate that moment. So it's weird how, like, you know, little things can just get, like, stuck in your craw and be like, yeah, ah, no, I, you know, I came away. And again, it suffered from a hype thing, you know? That, yeah. You're seeing how much that affects me. Whereas yeah. Incredible yeah. Hulk is too above it, probably for the opposite <laughs> reason. Because nobody talks wild. about the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, should we, well, we were going to talk about Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Black Panther. Which are three yeah. kind of like standalones. I think we should talk about Spider Man next. Okay. Uh, Spider Man is a great film. <laughs> I mean, he's my second favorite Spider Man next to Miles Morales. Ooh. Yeah, but yeah, he's a, he, <laughs> Tom Holland is terrific. The casting is great, and like the kids are all great. Mm-hmm. All the young people are great. It it falls under like my like formula gripes. Mm. Yeah, like that movie didn't surprise me. Except, I mean, well, the no, the um, the 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 vulture twist did surprise me when he's Liz Allen's dad. Mm-hmm. Me too. I was like, oh, oh, cool. <laughs> that scene when they're driving to the prom is so it's tense. A great, it's, it's great. It's a great scene. Yeah, that was a great scene. But I felt, I just felt like there weren't enough of those great scenes for it to go higher on my list. It's, I mean, it's my number uh, nine. Okay, I don't, I don't think that there's anything really to say about Spider-Man. <laughs> its ability to stick in my mind will always suffer from how I think that Raimi's Spider-Man Two and Into the yeah. Spider-Verse Into the Spider-Verse are masterpieces of film. Yeah, yeah. Like both of those are like maybe maybe better than the best films on this list. I think, but we we could get into that. I, I would I, I agree not. for Spider. I agree for, with you for Spider Verse, but Spider Man Two, I think, well, we, we that's a different conversation. When's the last time you watched it? I'm gonna leave <laughs> no, it at that. But when's recently. the last time you watched we it? We actually watched really? it recently. Yeah, yeah. I did. And, and, it, and, and by the way, I love it. It's yeah. a it's a good film. Um, it's just that I I don't know. It's, I, I, I I think fair, for me, it's just, I just like I just like when Peter's happier. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fair. Spider-Man 2 is a great movie, but Peter is so sad for it's funny. all of the movie. <laughs> I was talking with someone about Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is garbage, which is, oh, which, is oh God. Which, I, I, which I would like to watch less than Spider-Man 3. You know, I think it's the one, the Spider-Man film oh, I would sure. least like to watch. For and, sure. And we were like, he was like, it's so sad that they like, they used up Gwen Stacy and they won't touch it in a while because I think that's such an important and interesting moment for Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, they could do it. Well, they wouldn't do Gwen Stacy, but they could do that with Mary Jane. That'd be a real twist. And then, like, yeah. we thought about it for a second. I was like, they're not going to do that to little Tommy Holland. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just a baby. He's just well, a they, baby. He's just they a made him die yeah. in Iron Man's arms in the last movie. I think that they've crossed the line. That's true, but we could talk about this when we get to Infinity War, but I will spoil one thing about my Infinity War. 
emotional oh, arc, which we've shared before. No. Okay. no, no. It's just, well, it's just me saying that when, like, he snaps his fingers, you're like, oh, what does this mean? And then, like, <laughs> you look over at Bucky and he, he, like, he turns and you're like, oh, my God, Bucky's dead. And then, yeah. like, Rhodey dies or someone, you're like, oh, my God. Or not, no, Rhodey lives. But, like, somebody else dies next and you're like, oh, my God, like, Groot, you know, Groot's dead. And then Black yeah. Panther dies. You're like, oh, they're, so they're going to fix this. Okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went through the exact same arc. <laughs> so I think it was, I understand that they wanted to end that scene with Peter because it's so heartbreaking to see him so afraid mm-hmm. and so, like, just wanting to be a hero. Oh, God. It, it, is, it, is, it is heartbreaking. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, but, it is. <laughs> but if they'd had it happen to him first, uh, uh-huh. uh, it just would have rocked my socks because I would have had to wonder, like, Oh my god, are they gonna kill their new Spider Man? Like they might then, because they've had a lot of Spider Mans, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I think Spider Man Homecoming is like it's a solid first entry, but the like origin stories at this point have to do so much and innovate so much to stand out. And mm-hmm. I don't think this one innovates that much. I um I agree with you. Uh I think I think it is enough of the credit to the movie how much was sacked against it um like just how many spider-man movies there'd been the point at, the, the point at which he, honestly i think in civil war it felt like he was squeezed in like his character introduction feels like something they acquired last minute and <laughs> feels like, like what it is yeah exactly yeah. um i think that there was so much stacked against spider-man homecoming it's kind of amazing how good it is and maybe that's going to count for more than it should for like a few years for me i think like with a few years more distance and like the spider-verse franchise given its chance to really build itself out like i think spider-man homecoming might not age that well but for what it is i think it's like an incredible i think i think it's really impressive that they pulled this off given how like sony and all the money in the world made two awful fucking films yeah these guys having to do like backflips and jumping jacks and go through hoops to like make this work in a timeline that already exists with characters that already exist like i i think that they i think they did a great job and also the other thing i was going to say is the scene where he is under the rubble uh and he and he like summons his strength is really really good and i and i like i know that it, it even when i first watch it it like it's it seems somewhat unearned in it like from a perspective that's like this is really the rawest we've ever seen him, and have we really seen him struggle with like strength before? But Tom Holland is so good, and the beat just works so strong. I think it might actually be like in my top ten moments of the franchise. It's just like so wow. works on me. It, well, yeah. Spider-Man has never been a kid before. Yeah, and yeah. It, that's what I got at that moment is just him. Like we've seen him want to. He wants to be an Avenger. He wants to take on Vulture, like he wants to be a hero, but he's like a sophomore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's a kid. And that is what's fresh about that movie is like that we, it, it's coming. So I, yeah, I also wrote down the release orders. Yeah. So that is release order number 16 of 21. Mm. And that means like we've seen 15 movies with like square jawed 35 year old heroes. Exactly. Yeah. And then here comes, you know teen spirit to <laughs> stick it to the vulture <laughs> so it's really that is very effective but i you know i i also just think like if you were to sit like spider-man is he's he's a he's a perfect superhero but that's yeah. a, we, we could have a bigger conversation about that yeah also just want to shout out ned is a great uh sidekick 
Yeah. And I really like Zendaya as MJ. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm dying. And I'm excited to see more of her. And that actor who plays the the teacher, the proctor for the uh, ma- the the Martin the te- Star. The- yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's not in a lot of it, but he's in enough of it. What does he say? He said about losing a kid on a field trip. Is he like, I can't do this again? <laughs> he says something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not again. Can't lose another kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's. That guy's. Funny. And also, it's... like the Captain America, like, so uh-huh. you're in detention, um, or he's like, I, your body's changing. I know a little bit about what that's like. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> Although I have to say in the MCU, now I just get seem, seem like a big fucking nerd, but I actually <laughs> wish that they'd taken their, like, the film between, let me click these in a release order for a second. No, I'm not good enough with spreadsheets to make that happen. Like, I wish that they had taken the film between Civil War and, between Captain America, I wish they'd done something with Captain America being a vigilante, mm-hmm. like, on the run. Uh, because mm-hmm. that's at a time when he's supposed to be on the run, and I wish like when we came back from Infinity War, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's an outlaw. I forgot because the last yeah, time I right. saw him, it was like, oh, they're still showing his movie. I get that it's like, oh, it's an outdated video, but I yeah. actually think if they <laughs> yeah. were gonna if they were gonna shoot a Chris Evans cameo, I think it would have been cool to have a little like, let's check in. The guy who used to be Captain America is like you know public enemy, and what do we deal with that? Yeah, Whatever. that's yeah. that's a that's a nerd gripe, but no, yeah, you're, you're right. But also but remember, remember a... Ned has a line where there where he says he leans over to Peter when they're watching the video and says, "Isn't that guy a war criminal now?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Maybe they didn't do exactly what I but wanted. But it is throw. But it is throwaway. I mean, like your point still stands. Like yeah. by the time Captain, I mean, even though I remember that line from Ned, it's mm-hmm. not like it makes that moment when Cap shows up in Infinity War any less like for a moment confusing that you're like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, what's his deal again? Yeah. Um, he has a beard now. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It's different. It's different. The star is gone on yeah. his chest. No, it's not gone. It's just blue. It's just yeah. the same color as the background. Uh, I'm pumped for the, I'm pumped for Far From Home. I think that'll be cool. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. I hope so. There's um, another okay. comics thing from the comics. I am a huge Mysterio fan, so I think they could get that really right. We'll see. Mm. Let's we'll talk see. about Black Panther. My number three. Yeah. Uh, my number seven, your number probably around the same. It's tied for three with. Oh, 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 oh right. So it's, it could be as five, yeah. Um, yeah, Black Panther's really fucking good. I think the only reason it's not my number one is that last fight scene. Yeah, it's such a sticking point in that. that for me, that's why it's, why it's not... Yeah, that's 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 the thorn in the side of that movie, and it's their in-house action scene, and it's like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it is a lame action scene. It's forgettable, and it does feel like was there a better way to address the Killmonger problem than yeah. just like stabbing him and yeah. being like, "Gotcha." Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a weakness of it. But I feel mm-hmm. like it is like it's one of the few weaknesses in that film, and I feel like, um. Some of these movies stand out for visual style. This, you know, Thor Ragnarok and The Guardians mm-hmm. stand out. But their Earth-set movies tend to look like they were just shot, like, in a mud puddle. Just, like, yeah. in, like, a boring, gray, generic city. And that, that's, that is a gripe that all the Captain America movies suffer from. I mean, the more sepia-toned first Avenger seems like it's making a choice. But after that, it's like... 
all the Captain America movies and the Iron Man movies and the Avengers movies are all just like kind of gray. And yeah. like, yeah. what a fucking fun trip is Black Panther. Yeah. Just like that scene when they're going to the like fight on the cliff ceremony and there's like all the yeah. different tribes on their boats and they're like dancing and the costume it's design incredible. is so fucking awesome. Yeah. I think about when they visit Umbaku and they like in yeah. the snow and like oh. the costumes. I mean, like it is, yeah, it, yeah. That the movie design looks so good. The design of the Jabari throne room is like, you're like that's that uh, that is a fucking cool pad that he lives in. Mbaku is yeah. Mbaku is an amazing character. They're all wh- one of the thoughts that I had about that movie is like, there's great ensemble work in the MCU. You know, like to their credit, mm-hmm. like you know, we talk about these story arcs, these characters. There's a lot of great ensemble work, but a lot of the times the best ensemble work is in movies where, like, they finally cash in on stuff that was all from other movies. And Black Panther is the one that does the most, that establishes the most within its, you know, from within its first minute. Like, it has such a great ensemble. You know, like, Shuri's amazing. Killmonger's amazing. Mbaku's great, Nakia, and, and the, Ayo, litmus, the litmus test for that is when they all, when each of those characters shows up in Infinity War, how excited you are to just see them again. Yeah, it, Like, they really set them up well. In a way that, like, Black Widow was not in any way near the top of anyone's list of being the most excited about seeing them in the Avengers. Um, yeah. You know, like, it, it just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do so much, and they, like... It feels like an ensemble effort, you know, like, like it's like the community, you know, it has, it feels like it has community or family as a theme in the way that some of the team up Mm -hmm. ones and guardians do, because like, you know, he can't do it on his own. Like there's that time where he's like, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's just Nakia and Shuri and Ramonda and, uh, what's his, what's his name? Martin Freeman, like having to go and like save him and then M'Baku like brings him back and oh it's just it's just really and a lot of the fight scenes in it are strong the last one sucks but like the casino one i feel like is oh, pretty the decent. casino really one good. is good yeah the, yeah the chase is good maybe the fight with mbaku isn't good but it's like the scene around it is so good yeah yeah and like the one-on-one combat stuff is interesting yeah it's yeah, also the like, oh cool it's also the only guys. movie that mm-hmm. has that is even worthy of conversation about its music, like its score. Oh yeah, it's really good. About its score, not you know. I mean, because yeah. Guardians, I gotta has give it up to Guardians. a great soundtrack, yeah, but yeah, like, but uh, yeah, the score the, of Black Panther is awesome. Yeah, it's really clear. And like when you just hear it, it, you know, talk about coming back for Infinity War. They just like they play you that like that like oh. talking drum and you're like yeah. ooh yeah ooh good <laughs> okay we're going back that's great I want to go back yeah exactly yeah yeah it's very yeah, good yeah it's awesome it's another and romantic relationship I'm invested in yes oh really mm-hmm. well just I because I forgot that there's romance in it <laughs> well it's like they're not... it's so subdued yeah. yeah yeah. they're like we're not together because like it doesn't work for our lives right now they're very practical about it oh my god when they hook but... up in Black Panther 2 I'm oh, gonna I cry oh I can't wait yeah fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah, wow. I can't believe uh, that Lupita Nyong'o is just casually in that movie. <laughs> the cast is fucking oh stacked. God. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also just like they increased the number of female characters in MCU movies yeah. by like 50%. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's another thing about that ensemble. It's like, I mean, and I think and here's the thing is like, um, you know, when you think about Captain Marvel, I don't think Captain Marvel 
leans too hard on its, you know, quote unquote feminist bent. I mean, just that like, mm. I, I just feel like it's a little like, okay, it's our first female and we're going to note it, but then we're going to not think about it. It just feels like it, it kind of like tiptoes somewhat clumsily around that question. Whereas like yeah. Black Panther is like, this is your first non-white superhero. It is both like entirely about that and about other things. It just is like, yeah. I just yeah, think it, it, it steps up to the plate on that, aware of where it exists in a like, you know, multi-billion dollar franchise. Yeah. So artfully and just so well. And it's just, yeah, it's just really cool. And the, yeah. yeah. The other thing I would say about that is that it's also like, I've been a huge fan of Ryan Coogler since I saw Creed. And that made me so, so excited for Black Panther. And it delivered so hard on that brand of, like, imaginative, like, visually, like, just the visceral. Like, Creed is visceral. It's really really well done. And Black Panther follows up on that, but mostly in the sense that you really feel like it is a personal, a personally made film in a way that none of these other films, like... I don't think any of these other films are really even striving for. Maybe James Gunn with Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. But, like, and I feel that. But, like, if Ryan Coogler gets hired to make the next round of Avengers movies, like, if he gets handed the keys to the kingdom uh, the same way that the Rousseau brothers have been given since um, Winter Soldier, like, that excites me more than any other uh, than, oh. than any other announcement that would ever happen. Because Ryan Coogler so is just... Good. He might be the, like, yeah, he's just such an amazing storyteller, clearly from those two movies, and how personally he makes them, that, like, yeah, I, I, yeah. So the director's touch is just so evident in Black Panther, and that's so exciting as a film. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, I get Taika Waititi probably brought a lot of personal um, stuff to Thor Ragnarok. We certainly see his, like, signature on it, but, like... It's just a different thing for me with Black Panther because it's it's what you're saying. Like Ryan Coogler made a film about themes that are important to him mm-hmm. and themes that he wanted to talk about, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it really, the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would rewatch yeah. in a heartbeat. It's yeah. That's yeah. why I say it's it's my three. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it lives. But it's like yeah, the the first three, you know, it's a juggle. Maybe maybe it should be number two. Maybe it should be number one. I don't know. Probably not number one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Black Panther's great. Uh, okay, where are we? Uh, what do you want to talk about next? We got to talk about the Incredible Hulk. Do we? Ned we do. Super high. It's my number eight, and it is Chelsea's number twenty, and Lewis's number twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while, but I mean, okay. Here's 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 part of what's going on. And again, it's like sometimes I feel like I have to caveat, and in doing so, I guess I am sort of like implicitly apologizing for the way that the way that context plays into things. But I'm mm-hmm. like, if if Captain Marvel and Incredible Hulk are equivalent quality origin stories, then Incredible Hulk is a way better movie because it made it like 15 movies earlier. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I just think that... Okay, what do I think about The Incredible Hulk? Um, I think the acting is really good. Uh, as I recall. And, like, 
kind of charming. I mean, it's been a long time since I watched it, but I feel like, um, like their code, the like the MCU code hadn't been quite so codified. You know, it was like they could still kind of make movies that felt a little different, and it wasn't quite like that solid playbook MCU snarky quippy yet. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Hulk is one of their most different heroes. So the fact that they made a movie about a hero who's like also kind of a monster is interesting. And uh, and I think uh, I don't know. I just think the whole cast is strong, and that's part of it. That I'm like I like I like Tim Roth as the bad guy. Um, I'm so, one of my biggest, like, MCU, I know I'll never get an answer, but I'm like, what's going to happen with Dr. Samuel Stearns? Do you guys remember this? When's the last time you saw this movie? Uh, We watched it in our old apartment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, two years ago? The reason it's at the bottom of my list, and not Thor, um, is because The Incredible Hulk, I remember watching like when it came out and I didn't remember anything about it and then recently we rewatched it and I still don't remember anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember Tim Roth turning into that creature. Yeah. And Liv Tyler is there. Yep. And Liv Tyler is there. Those are all true. So who's the doctor you're talking about? (laughs) That's, um, what's his name? Tim Blake Nelson. And he's the guy that he's like, he's messaging with. I don't know why this movie sticks in my head so clearly. (laughs) He's, He's instant messaging with a guy who is, um, like, I can try to cure you. And he goes to the university in New York, and that's where he gets, like, finally cornered for the final showdown. Um, And that character, Dr. Samuel Stearns, is, like, he's, like, so excited by it in a way where they're, like, you know, they're in this interplay where they're, like, it's not cool. He's, like, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's not cool. But it it is really exciting. And I was just, like... (laughs) I just thought that it was such a, like, an off-the-cuff and, you know what I say, like, there's not that many, like, um, moments of, like, oh, that was a really authentic human moment. I think that that mm-hmm. character has some of those. It's like, it's, he's a minor character, but I just was so drawn in. Tim Tim Roth is, like, a comic booky villain. Yeah. You know, he's, but I think he was, like, kind of delicious about his performance. Like, I thought, I think you could say the same thing about him. I mean, before he becomes CGI. But that's mm-hmm. only the final scene. I think, but you know, I think you could say the same thing about him that you could say about the quality of Kate Blanchett's performance. Except that Kate mm. Blanchett is a rare female villain, and Tim Roth is a increasingly unrare white male villain. But yeah. at the time, yeah, there he... were, but at the time, there were only three movies, you know, so or yeah. or, or one. Like, was it? Yeah, yeah, this there was, was only second. one. This, yeah, this came out a month after Iron Man. Yeah, and that's part of it. Is that I'm like I think they did a, a good, not quite as good a job as Iron Man. I don't put it that high, but I think they did a strong job. And they were like they were building their universe, and I was like, it's going well. So that's why <laughs> that's, that's why I have you know these fond feelings about it. I guess I feel the same way about Tim Roth that I do about Ben Mendelsohn and all those other movies. Oh, just playing the huh. same thing. Yeah, where I'm just like I don't. What's Tim I don't Roth get famous for? Is he in like Reservoir Dogs or something? Yes, mm-hmm. he's in Reservoir Dogs. Okay, yes. yeah. And he was in that show Lie to Me, which was like House, but he was oh. 
a therapist. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember you, that. You just yeah. did it. You nailed it. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. Uh-huh. I'm just looking like right now I've got it is number eight and, and Spider-Man is number nine. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'd switch it. Hmm. That's wild. Yeah. It's a wild claim. I, I just mean... think like, yeah, I, 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 I just don't know why. Yeah. Would I? I mean, it. I don't think it's because I don't think it's because that Ed Norton was recast. But like, it's super hard for me to even think about the Incredible Hulk as part of this franchise. I think that is part of it. I'm so attached to Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, and, and Mark Ruffalo is so warm. Yeah, like he has such a warm presence, and Edward Norton has such a cold presence. Mm. To me, yeah, on screen. Yeah, but I don't think that is I, that just didn't detract from this movie for me. The fact that he was like that it was like a little bit scary of like this was a guy who like maybe wasn't so inclined to be a hero but like he he didn't have options. He it's like a werewolf movie where he like he says early mm-hmm. in that movie and it's you know it's it gets it's a little bit dark I suppose for the like tone they go with a lot more often now but you know he's like yeah I tried to shoot myself in the head and the Hulk like spat. No, Mark Ruffalo says that, doesn't Mark he? Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo says, says that in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. that is dark though. It but is they, dark. But but they get into that with with Edward. It's why I don't think the cold presence is like bad because it's like he's on the run because there's literally nowhere he can go, and like he has mm-hmm. to fix himself because he's like I'm a monster that's dangerous to be on Earth, and what do I do? Um, and I just I guess think, I just get that from I get that from Mark Ruffalo. And yeah. so I never need to watch Incredible Hulk again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's not a, there's not a ton I can say. But I like, yeah. For me, I think I keep it there above Spider Man Homecoming. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> what about Iron Man? The franchise or the movie? Well, both. Uh, the movie's phenomenal and like Mm -hmm. deserves all the you know you know if we're talking about context deserves so much props for jump starting this whole thing and with like the tone that was so successful I mean Iron Man's so tight yeah Um, Mm -hmm. yeah we haven't talked about Iron Man 3 yet but maybe let's talk about Iron Man and then talk about Iron Man 3 yeah 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 Um, I mean I don't I don't know what more to say about it I think it's just it's really good. The villain, I think, is good. Um, although he's sort of wasted in what he actually physically does, like as a fight at the end. But like, yeah, I but like Jeff Bridges as yeah. this character. Jeff Bridges like is a, such a good character. Yeah. 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 Tony um, Stark was able to build this in a cave. <laughs> yeah. With a box of scraps. I like the way he, I like the way he tries to make Tony take a slice of pizza. There's just Jeff Bridges can do anything, and I'm like, oh, oh you fucking yeah. bastard. That's another. That's another. Like it's early on, and like you know the acting that is going on there. Like you don't really see that kind of acting. No. In the MCU anymore. No. Yeah. Where it's like, it just feels like. It's a little more loose. It's a little more improvisational. It's yeah. a little—I don't know. I mean, not no, improvisational because I, I, totally I also agree. griped about that. You know, yeah, that pizza <laughs> moment—it's like it doesn't quite fit in, but it works so well to make that character interesting and complicated. 
I, I feel like it also that style of filmmaking from John Favreau can also be credited for the way we feel about Pepper and Tony, where like there's something about their relationship where even though it is clearly like scripted, directed, costumed, and like on like it's part of the film, every scene with them feels like they're sort of like sneaking this moment like that we aren't really supposed to see or that somehow like it just feels so organic and so true to the characters and so like real well because i think the power dynamic is even which is hard to do for her and him yeah because tony is like he's the the genius behind it all he is obviously incredibly wealthy and like yes it is his company but he would be nothing without pepper Mm -hmm. like yeah she is the business mind she is the one who organizes things she is the one who is literally running his business empire Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and even though i feel like the style of quippy dialogue is now like a little bit of a shackle on the how on the the franchise Mm -hmm. it's just like it's so satisfying through that whole movie when it's like yeah it's like it's your birthday do you you buy yourself you buy yourself something nice for me you know whatever Uh Yeah. And Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah. Pro- proof, yeah. Proof that Tony Stark does have a heart is just yeah. great. Yeah. That's it's a great, great thing for their character for, like, starting to take him from being, like, basically a, an asshole into, like, a hero we can actually follow through it. And the way in which, like, yeah, like, he wouldn't be the hero if it weren't for her. Like, her goodness. But it's not a Mary Sue, like, bland goodness. It's an interesting one. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the like the the kidnapped by the Ten Rings is a good way to handle to like adapt his original. It's just like it's I, I, you know here, here's a little bit of like comic book context that like that is like the origin. I think that's an interesting origin for a superhero where like he's kidnapped and he has to like make it under duress to save his own life. Yeah, and then like falls into it. Like, that's something that was written in the 60s, and I think they make it feel, like, surprising and fresh and cool in the way it plays out there. Yeah. Maybe, like, slightly xenophobic, but, you know, I I, I don't think... I think that the, like, actually, the, like, the optics and, you know, the, the politics of that movie are, like, relatively sound. I think so, too. Yeah. All, all things considered. The other thing I was going to say about Iron Man that, like, I think is kind of underrated one looking back at all the films, but it's like, it it is the first one. And then it's also like the most near perfect version of like world building that there's been like the, the sort of the backstory given for the Stark for Stark industries and like its influence around the world and the little introduction of shield. And of course, Nick Fury's at the end. It's just like, there's so much in that movie when you, when I watch it now that like, there are some of these movies that seem positively like quaint to me. Like there's, there's something even about like, Avengers, which we watched recently and we'll talk about in a second, that feels like there's something about it that feels like a period piece. Like, it just feels like it's from a different time in a weird way. Uh But, like, when you watch Iron Man, you can feel that there's the larger world out there, that there's history to the Stark Stark Industries, and there's, like, now that Tony has made this world-changing decision and, like, at the very end when he says, I am Iron Man, like, there's just so much... It, it really it, it literally sets up a franchise and it does yeah. it it does it beautifully. And that I am Iron Man spot is so funny, like we almost forget with so many superhero movies made since then and like public identities are like a major part of the MCU partially yeah. because of that. But like you almost forget that pre MCU, like there was a superhero canon. There was 
many superhero movies, many Batman movies, several Spider-Man movies, several X-Men movies. And the fact that, like, at the end, you're like, he's doing a pretty bad job with a secret identity. And that tension of that uh-huh. scene. And then he says, I am Iron Man. You're like, ah, what's that? Yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, a great ending to that movie. It's very satisfying. good. I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but I feel like I feel like if I go back to it, it will it will have a lot of moments that I would continue to really enjoy. This might want to go up my list a little, actually. Yeah. I mean, right now I have it as well. I mean, I have it as like I said, my four, five, and six are kind of interplaying with each other. Again, that's Civil War, mm-hmm. Infinity War, and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like. At least my mood right now. I think Iron Man is probably better than Civil War, although we'll get yeah. into it. Um, I mean, I would definitely. Well, let's talk that. about Iron Man three. Yeah, Chelsea, you're the only one who put Iron Man three above Iron Man. You put Iron oh, Man I did? above Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. As in higher rent. <laughs> Interesting, Chelsea, from two hours ago. <laughs> I wonder why I did that. We. Uh, I mean. I think I probably did that because we did watch Iron Man recently, and it is really solid. Um, but, um, and it's not, I guess I just feel like, oh, I did. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I think that it's simple in the way that Captain America, the first Avenger is simple. Mm -hmm. And I like them both. I put them right next to each other on my list. I like them both. They're both good interest to the character. Um, but I think Iron Man three, I just have more fun watching it. Like, I think Ben Kingsley is hilarious and that's a fun twist um, that I didn't see coming when I first watched it. Certainly not. And I really like, I forget the actress's name, but the doctor. Yeah. Rebecca um, Hall. Yes. Rebecca Hall. Is I the really name of like the actress or the name yeah, of the, oh, yeah. the, name of the actress? The actress. I, um, I like her a lot. I do. I don't know. Yeah. I like that Mm -hmm. actress a lot. I really like her in, like, The Prestige and stuff, but I think, Mm -hmm. which is a sad, it's a sad small part, but, uh, but I don't recall Iron Man feeling like, every time I get a little bit away from that movie, I can never remember, like, what role she plays in it. Mm Mm-hmm. She, No, but, like, what does she do in the plot? She, like, befriends Tony and then betrays him. Hmm. But then decides to not betray him. I think part of it is like her death, her death, like two thirds of the way through the movie, is like shocking. But then yeah, has it's shocking. It's, it's shocking, sort of like with the reveal of who the real bad guy is. Yeah. yeah, it's shocking. But then it seems to have like like we just forget her and move on. Yeah, mm. and I think that that forever hurts like my ability to remember her. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that the reveal, the twist, is inspired as a commentary on many things i mean like mm-hmm. you know like for starters like uh xenophobic old superhero comics and then yeah. also just like like this incongruity of us being like it's superheroes but it's the real world but it's superheroes the idea of being yeah. like i'm gonna create a fake supervillain that is like doesn't make any sense if you look closely enough mm-hmm. it's an inspired reveal with the caveat that it then, it it, even being that inspired, it still sometimes feels like a weakness of the movie because then Aldrich Killian is lame. Yeah, I, he is lame. He's it's he a, is lame. It's a weird. It's not good. And the guy Pierce well, is a good actor, but he's he's not good. And the everything after 
the Mandarin is revealed. You're like, oh, what a twist. But I feel like the air goes out of the movie. It does a little bit. But I am interested in, I, I don't know if it's like executed that great. And I actually don't think Guy Pierce is very good in the movie. No, he's but, not. Um, but I like prologue. this concept. Yeah, I like this concept that there was like this kind of gross, nerdy guy who Tony ignored when he was still, you know, I mean, he still is an asshole, but like when he was in his asshole phase and that like that has repercussions that he didn't anticipate and is now affecting his Iron Man life. We create our own demons. Yeah. Yeah. And, And this idea that like he took the serum that he invented to make himself... I don't know. There's just something interesting in there. Uh, and it, I think this is one of those examples of what they were trying to do is cooler than what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I agree that that prologue where you're like, oh, there's this weird guy and Tony was a dick to him and like, mm-hmm. and like, that's going to come back to haunt him. That's cool. But he's so boring in his mm-hmm. current incarnation. They just yeah. didn't find a way to make that work. And they really could have. I guess the way that they were going for like, he made himself into a Tony Stark where he like, now he has like nice hair and nice suits. Yeah. But it's, it's boring. And the extremis is not a cool, I think, plot device or like no. MacGuffin. Yeah. That said, um, the whole middle part where he doesn't have his suits and has to like. It's really good. Really good. He has to go really back to good. like, to Tony Starking thing. And that's yes. great. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. And, and that's the, some good fight scenes. Yeah, you mean oh, when he's when he's, when he's like mansion? sneaking in? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's really good, and a good yeah. kid actor. Yes. Yeah. And that, oh my great. god, I love that kid. I mean, I can't believe you went this far without mentioning the kid. I forgot that's the he reason was you in this the movie. one. Yeah, he's that's adorable. why I put it above Iron yeah, Man. Is that yeah. kid? Yeah, there's yeah. a kid. He's fantastic. He's a, the kid actor is fantastic. Their scenes are fantastic and refreshing because like, it it does not feel like your normal like adult kid scenes. Yeah, no. you know, it's fun. I, it I mean, has... it's the precursor to him and Spider-Man's relationship. Yeah. Oh, that's you're so right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the... so right. I had yeah. never even thought about that. But they're like, he's gonna have his kid and like care for him, but like be a Tony Stark dick to him, but in like a gentler mm-hmm. way, but but not as gentle as you might expect. When he says, mm-hmm. "Do you feel that? Do you feel that?" <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> the the. Oh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we've all covered the reasons why, but I really like this movie. I just mm-hmm. like the action is really good. It's funny. It's actually one of the best versions of Tony Stark I think Robert Downey yeah. Jr. has done because he gets the kid to play off of. Yeah. Because he has to deal with some of the PTSD from Avengers. Mm-hmm. There's the scene where he like gets like has an episode at the mm-hmm. restaurant with the kid who was like, what was space like? Oh, um, yeah. Like it's it's I think this movie is really is just is is really watchable. It's yeah. really watchable for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's definitely I, here are some clear changes we can discuss our, but like I said Ant-Man and the Wasp is definitely drifting the Ant-Man movies are definitely drifting down and Iron Man 3 yeah. is drifting up yeah but not past Incredible Hulk though huh <laughs> <laughs> no because Incredible Hulk doesn't have a dip and Iron Man 3 does the other anyway. my favorite my favorite scene in, in Iron Man 3 is uh when he's storming the mansion, and, and when he, that guy, he, when that guy, when one of the henchmen <laughs> just throws his hands in the air, he's like, "Oh God, what does he say?" He says, "They're all freaking weird here." Like he's like, "Dude, I just work here." Yeah, he's like, like, "I just work here, and they're really fucking weird. weird." Like, just please don't shoot. Like, <laughs> that's really good. That's funny. That's yeah. right. That's 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 inspired. Um, Let's see. I'm looking at my list, working my way up, seeing if there's anything we haven't talked about yet. 
Well, like now, so we one. have the the franchises we have left are Captain America and Avengers. Yeah. So I think we should do Captain America first. Captain America. Uh-huh. The Star-Spangled Man. <laughs> our sweet sweet our, man. Our sweet Steve. Noble Steve. <laughs> um Lewis, okay, we so saw sh- the first Avenger together, right? Is that right? I think so. Cuz I, I feel think like we all saw the Avengers together. No, for but sure. I think we did see the first of what 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 yeah, summer was a, did that come out? Twenty eleven? I guess that was the summer of Showtime, right? Yeah, I think so. Showdown. I, I just feel like oh, Showtime. Showtime. <laughs> Showtime. God damn it. I've got too much Beetlejuice in my brain. <laughs> I just feel like Lewis, like you and I saw because I feel like we walked out and we're like, yo, that scene where he punched Hitler a bunch of times was mad funny. And we <laughs> And we love that. Who is who? Was it someone like Alan Menken wrote the Star Spangled Man? I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was just Michael Giacchino. <laughs> who wrote the Star Spangled huh. Man with a plan? The Star Spangled Man with the plan. Yes, composer Alan Menken. Yeah, that's amazing. What a guy. Who's um, strong and brave here to save the American way? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean the first Captain America is good. So, I loved I loved it, and then it went down for several yeah. years. But right now, I have pretty fond feelings about it. Yeah, we, it's you, definitely flawed. What What were you gonna say? I was gonna say that I think that Tony has the most complex and nuanced character arc, like throughout the series. But for some reason. Captain America has like connected very deeply, I think, to a lot of people. And like, whenever he comes on screen, I want to cry. Yeah. Yeah. He's just such a fundamentally tragic character. Like, but, and just so well act. Like, one of, the, one of the best examples of an actor who is, like, elevating material, I yeah, think. I think Because, like, I think that it just doesn't work without Chris Evans. No, I totally agree. Chris mm-hmm. Evans knocks the ball all the way out of the park. No yeah, doubt. he does. He mm-hmm. is... Pr- you're right, that, like, when you go back and look at a list of, like, other people who are in the running for it, you're like, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you can see another Tony Stark. I mean, like, Tony Stark, uh-huh. is he's close, but you're like, I can see it being someone else. Whereas, uh-huh. like, when you picture, like, other people considered for captain america you're like i just feel i just find that i i just react with revulsion i'm like i feel like something's being ripped away from me it was john krasinski and there was some other one i forget who the other person was wasn't like tom cruise or something too no he's too old uh this was 10 years ago he was still too old then yeah he's an old guy we've got alexander skarsgård joe jonas channing tatum like, Dane what? Cook. <laughs> Dane Cook was considered. You're kidding. What? You're kidding. You you're not. kidding. In your nightmares, you're gonna you're gonna wake up and be like, Is it, who's Captain America? <laughs> who's Captain America? <laughs> uh, Ryan Philippe, Ryan Philippi, however you say it. Sam Worthington, Garrett Headland, Will Smith. Understandable. Will Smith. Understandable, but a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um. Sebastian Stan, who, of course, they oh, then hmm. picked up for Bucky. And that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bucky. Thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down. 
thumbs, thumbs do middle. not care. Thumbs middle. Thumbs, yeah. Thumbs off. <laughs> thumbs off. Everyone thumbs off. So you just you all just don't care about Bucky either. I just don't care I, about him. I feel yeah. no feelings. Yeah. I, so the, weird. The only thing is that he's I'm, so central to this franchise yeah. in an insane yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, what's it also insane though? I mean, speaking of people elevating material, like Haley Atwell is the queen. Oh yeah. I mean, she got a TV show based on like yeah. this fucking this seconds. like really small part. It's like it's not a small part, but it's like it's not a huge no, part it's in, a small in part. Captain America. It's a small part. Um, good chemistry. And yeah. just like you're just like chemistry. Yeah, good chemistry and good writing. They like they play yeah. with a they do such a good job with like they're fated to be together, or they should mm-hmm. be together, but fate will tear them apart. Ugh. And you're like, no! <laughs> and that she likes him before he's a super soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, they have time to get to know each other. And and like, and like that's yeah. another thing is like, spe- like, the before he's a super soldier part, like the first 30 minutes of that movie continue to be so important to this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Without them having to explicitly reference them, but they're like, you know, you, you just always remember. You're like, this was just this was the little guy, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it makes. I mean, like things like Captain America: Civil War. When he says like, I can do this all day, it's oh, a, no. it's you just are like, oh good lord, that's such a it's, that's such a great moment because they because yeah. it's they they treat it so right in the first movie. And uh, and it works. Um, mm-hmm. Good ensemble cast. Even people who didn't come back, like Tommy. I guess they they couldn't come back because it was the forties. But <laughs> uh, although they bring back to my great delight, they bring yeah. back uh, Emil Zola. Mm-hmm. He was a German scientist during the war. Collection. I am Swiss. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, first Avenger. I am very fond of because of Evans is so great and Peg yeah. Carter is so great and Abraham Erskine is so 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 great as well. Oh yeah. Who is that? Is that Stanley Tucci? That's the Tooch. Yeah. You know it's the Tooch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what Red about Red I, Skull? You have procedure. I don't have procedure. I I, I drink it. I need to drink it now. <laughs> he's just so good. He's such a good mentor. Uh, I like Red Skull. He is a, um, he's totally middle of the road. I guess you would say, like, that's still an actor elevating material if the material is bubba boring. (laughs) But, yeah. But Hugo Weaving does a fine job of it. I agree, yeah. I have a fond. does a good job is the impersonator in Infinity War. Yeah, he does. That guy's impressive. You know who that guy is? When I saw his name in the credits, I immediately recognized it. He is an impersonator. His name is Ross Markland. And he does this thing called, like, he has this YouTube video I've seen called Micro Impressions, where uh-huh. it'll be like, it'll show you a title card, like, James Gandolfini can't quite find the straw in his <laughs> cup. And it'll be like, eh, where's this thing? <laughs> and then it'll be like, it'll be like, a... it's so funny. So I that's know a what recommendation. We're doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch Micro Impressions with Ross Markland. But yeah, he does a great Hugo Weaving. I didn't, I didn't suspect till the credits that it wasn't him. Me neither. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Red Skull, he is, well, it's like hard for me to say. I'm like, is he chewing the scenery and having fun, or does he actually want out? 
context would suggest I, that he wanted out. I mean, he didn't want to come back for Infinity War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that if they wanted to, if he wanted to come back, I think that they would have made it work mm-hmm. just because they brought Hydra back. And, mm-hmm. like, I think he actually was at the time. Like, you know, Captain America was the fifth movie. I think yeah. he may have been the most interesting villain they had introduced so far, maybe. Well, um, what, about o- what about Obadiah Stane? You know, in terms of yeah, performance. But Ob- yeah. yeah, but Obadiah Stane, like, yeah. died. Like, yeah, he just, right. like, so clearly died. And yeah. like, oh, you're saying that re- they had in, to bring back? Yeah, and like, I don't know. I, I mean, clearly, at the time of Captain America coming out, they knew exactly what they were doing with Loki and the Avengers, and mm-hmm. probably what they were doing with a little bit of Phase Two. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I do think that if they had their way, they would have wanted Red Skull to come back earlier. Yeah. But obviously, it, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he works he works great for that movie. He's the per- yeah. he's mm-hmm. he's the right villain for. Not a scratch, Doctor Zola. There's so many lines. I don't know what this says, but there's so many moments from that movie that are so clear in my head. And I don't think I've seen it that many times. But that's it's just yeah. like it lives in this really like it's a its tone is you know they like with the period they make it feel a little like a serial, you know, yeah. like a like yes. an old adventure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Baby, I, I, so, I so think about um Indiana Jones when I think about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, you know, it, yeah, that's not a comparison you want to make if we're trying to gas this movie up. Clearly, like, clearly, like Indiana Jones is like so many leagues more inspired as a pastiche of that style. But uh, right, right, right. But it's good. I think that um, it was actually one of the first. Here's a here's a uh, a con. It's one of the first movies where you're like, is the action in these movies kind of lame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you might not have noticed that on some of the first ones. And then this one is like, you know, he does that factory rescue, the warehouse rescue, whatever it is. And then, like, there's, like, a montage that I think people seem to agree is, like, a pretty, like, unsatisfying part of this movie. Where it's like, yeah. and then he kicked Hydra's ass all over Europe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that part isn't I, super great. I remember, thinking, I remember thinking while watching that montage, this sucks because... We, we, know, we all know going into this movie, like, we, everybody has to know, I think, that he ends this movie waking up in the 21st century. Yeah. So whatever he's about to do is all, he's go, is all he's going to do with the Nazis and with Hydra yeah. and, like, in World War II. So that it was all just sort of done through this montage. I just remember thinking in the movie theater, like, oh, man, that would have been great if we could have gotten, like, two or three movies out of all this. But, like, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's it's interesting to think about him, like not having or any of them really not having a fighting style. Well, because that changes with Winter Soldier, which I think I yes, guess we're going to talk about. That does change like, with Winter Soldier, but I'm thinking about like Daredevil. Yeah, has such a specific fighting style of yeah. like this mixture of boxing and martial arts that would have been cool to see. Yeah, the MCU people have like a distinctive fight style. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's good character stuff, some good tone, and some good period stuff. But it's mostly just like, you know, they invest you in these characters. And, and I, I think, you know, to what you were saying about why Captain America just makes you want to cry when you see him, I think, like, mm-hmm. as I've said, like, the quippy, snarky wit that has become the, um, 
the de facto like way in which everyone speaks because this this thing sprouts from Iron Man. Like he's the only one who doesn't, and it never gets mm-hmm. old seeing him yeah. just be like, "I am Steve Rogers," you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a great moment. A great, great moment. There's only one God, ma'am. Oh, I I I love that line. Um, one god man what is that from when when is he it's from that? avengers it's when he first avengers. sees thor he says there's only one god ma'am and i'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that <laughs> um uh so winter soldier is i mean that is a twist that that's the best twist in Wait, any of these movies what is the best oh i thought you were gonna say bucky being the winter soldier is the no. best twist. i was like robert I don't redford think... being hydra yeah well what what I don't agree. I saw that coming a mile off. Because I didn't know they why they would have... I, I don't know why they would have hired him if he wasn't the baddie. But if... You know because I mean? he's the pinnacle of American goodness. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> um, I... So, Winter... Here are the things I love about Winter Soldier, building on a lot of the things that we've already said we like about the original Captain America. Um... We've already talked about the Black Widow and Captain America stuff, which is just great. Yeah. It, yeah. For me, it's just really the way that this movie, like, is shot and the action in this movie. Like, this is the movie that, and I imagine this is probably why it's near the top of your list. This has the best action in the whole franchise, I think. It does. It definitely um, does. Like, and the elevator fight is so good. At least the best person-to-person, hand-to-hand combat. Yes. Because like, there's, Avengers has some, like, city-wide stuff that you don't get in this that's yeah. better than the helicarriers but this has the best like a stunt coordinator works with actors to create fight scenes this is the best of that no doubt yeah, no doubt yeah and like i'm like when i think about winter soldier i think about the scene like just the camera swooping around the boat as he runs up around the edge of the boat kicking people off and i think about like i think about <laughs> oh, him the boat running is such away. a good prologue yes yeah. I, I think of also about him running away from the shield headquarters and throwing his shield into the plane and then like jumping on the plane like that yeah. whole see or, or he's riding his motorcycle towards yeah. the plane right yeah. yeah um and then obviously the elevator fight and it's just like the 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 action is like so like it just lands with such a thud in this movie that or like in a good way like it just feels it feels good yeah. um before we do that this, like does anybody want to get off <laughs> <laughs> um i also really like like um I really like Falcon. Like I, I, I do like him. Yes, um, he, he's I... sort of become he's sort of become like like a like a eh, okay yeah he's there too um, character in the other movies. But like I like his introduction in this movie, and I like that like I like watching Captain America like meet a new person and make a new friend and like what how they connect and all that. I completely agree, and it's interesting how that is the mirror to this pattern we talked about, where characters are introduced. And they don't really nail them or do anything interesting with them, but then later on they become great. I am still invested in Sam Wilson and in his relationship with Captain America only on the strength of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I agree. they don't do really anything interesting with him after this movie. But I'm so into it in this movie. Just like, I mean, especially that first well maybe i'm transposing their two first scenes because the first scene is the like historic hysterical charming adorable like on your left jogging and dog scene (laughs) which then has yeah which then has like steve rogers's list of things to catch up on and Uh falcon falcon suggests trouble man and like they talk about 
like like you know sleeping in a you know sleeping on a bed it just feels like you're in a bunch of marshmallows after after being in the yeah just the like like two veterans of two different wars like finding common ground and having like a tender male male friendship i just like i just love it i love that relationship and it's like that relationship is great captain black widow is great for the reasons we discussed um I mean, it's really those two relationships are great, and then and then, you know, Fury, it's good Fury stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Winter Soldier, it's like yeah, it's, we're we're all thumbs off for Bucky, but uh, but it like it works for this movie, from an action standpoint, and from Cap being like, in spite of everyone agreeing that I'm foolish to pursue this, I I still believe I want to redeem this guy. Yeah. So it it works, and the yeah the spy stuff is cool. Yeah, I mean it, it, there's also two things for me when I think about this movie. Additional to what I've already said, the um, the just like the twist is like or not sorry not the twist but like this movie is the first is my first memory of like the this franchise paying off the world building in such a cool way that like i was not ready for hydra for the reveal that shield was completely yeah. just hydra yeah and like that was that, that got me yeah and like it was just it's so activated my imagination for like what these what where they can go in these movies and what can really happen um like i think i credit the avengers as being the moment that i was like i'm a fan of this franchise yeah and i think winter soldier was the moment where i was like everybody's got to pay attention to this this is like this is cool stuff uh, um yeah. and it just so worked for me and then also just like I, yeah i mean it, it sort of plays off the the um the the uh what we were already talking about with Cap's friendship with Falcon and like his his uh, his belief in in Bucky, but just like I love I love what this movie Captain America's relationship to people and institutions and like the country. It's just like I've seen people criticize this movie for not having gone far enough with like um, somehow that like they should have had Cap actually grapple with like shield not being secretly nazis and still being like doing bad things and like i i think that this movie like actually succeeds at kind of having its cake and eating it too and like yeah ultimately being like a comic booky movie where like there are bad guys and there are good guys but like captain america so helps us as the audience like navigate this like th- this, this the moral questions and like the questions about the individuals versus the institution and like who do you trust and yeah that whole thing it just it just so works and like it, it's a great movie yeah and it it's i think that they they start they get into that with shield being like you know he's already in the beginning as an argument with fury which gets to that effect but i i agree that it's like i, I don't think it's i don't personally feel it's a cop-out to be like it's a superhero movie. There are, has to be a supervillain who's actually going to be a supervillain. I think it is enough. I think it is morally gray enough to come as a sequel to like he fought the Nazis and then he yeah. fought yeah. He, and then he fought the sinister occultists who even the Nazis were afraid of. So he fought in like what we as a country consider to be a morally uncomplicated time. Mm-hmm. And then the poor guy got frozen and rocketed forward and suddenly everything was morally complicated. And the people that he thought were good are not good or are they or are some of them good? And he just like mm-hmm. 
and he like clings on to what he knows, but he has to navigate this with like like teamed up with two people who are from this time and you know already have their own cynicism. It's just a great it's a perfect thing to do with that character and it earns them the shield twist thing. Tony and Steve have arcs that run through the whole franchise and that's one of the things that's so amazing about this franchise because yeah. like you know something like I, I I am actually a defender of certain merits of the Fast and the Furious franchise, right? I think that, like, it's fun, but I would never say, like, what they do in one movie matters in the next one, because it never Mm -hmm. does. Uh A lot of franchises (laughs) tend to reset to zero, and this one is really amazing in that, like, Tony and Steve, at least those characters, feel like they are just living through a plausible arc. And we talked a little bit about Tony, like, being an asshole and then putting himself doing the right thing, but, like, he wasn't really, like, a, you know, ne- never the one to do a real hero play or jump on a grenade, and then he does that, and then it makes him, he thinks he'll solve it with uh, with Ultron, and then he doesn't. And I think they do they do something really good with that as well, with Steve, where, like, everything's simple, and then he has Winter Soldier, so, like, his mistrust of government institutions is really earned by the time it gets to Civil War, where I think that his position is the harder one to sell. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? Actually, it, it, you have to say that I think one of the things they did well about Civil War... I don't know, are we ready to move on to Civil War? Yes. Yeah. One of the things I think they did well about Civil War is that I think people will actually debate who was right. Yeah. What do you think? Where do you stand on the Sokovia Accord? Let's get political. <laughs> uh, I'm on Tony's side. You're on Tony's side. But the thing is, uh, register. Register. But the thing is, is that, well, so first of all, I, this is actually the only comic series that I read before the movies. Mm -hmm. I read the Civil War series. I've read some of them, but not all of them. Some Um, of Civil War, I mean. It's, uh, it's different. I mean, it just takes more time with it. So it's more nuanced and like spider-man comes in and really complicates things which i think helps with the nuance Uh but i i think what the movie does is that i mean i think that tony's position is the correct one because like otherwise there's anarchy um and they like have killed so many people (laughs) and destroyed so many things um just on accident like collateral damage has been so intense yeah but um but I think what they do is that they make focusing on the Winter Soldier weakens everything to me. Ah, yeah. Like, ah. Iron Man's position just becomes, I want to kill Bucky because he killed my parents. Well, at the very end of the movie. I think it's yeah. earlier than the very end. No, it's the very end that, that, that it is revealed is when to he finds Tony. Out. Yeah, that's it's the true. moment. Mm-hmm. It's only um, the last scene. I tend to I agree, mean, although I, I don't have a better solution in mind for how they could have made it, for how they could have weaved a highly personal conflict that had to do with things they'd set up earlier mm-hmm. into the midst of their philosophical disagreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Civil War... I agree with you that they did a good job of, like, making the arguments, um, like, uh, actually debatable. But, like, the movie's just not really about those arguments. Mm -hmm. And, like... uh, Yeah, it's about one thing and then it's about a different thing. 
Yeah, and it, this is another one of those movies. In fact, this is actually probably the best example of the movie that I like the idea of way more than the execution of yeah, it. Yeah, same. Because I totally think that, like, the payoff to Steve and, and Tony, or the, 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 the climax of Steve and Tony's relationship being this reveal about the Winter Soldier having killed Tony's dad is, and, or Tony's mom, as he says in the scene, he killed yeah. both his parents, and Tony's like, this guy killed my mom. Yeah, that's it's, really sad. It's really sad. It, and it, like, it, as a microcosm of, like, as a, as a beat, it, I like it on paper, and it actually is the most, pro- it should be the most exciting payoff to the promise of the franchise, where, like, the concept of Tony's parents having been, or having died, was set up in the very first Iron Man, and this has been a way that they have elegantly linked the fate of Captain America and Iron Man. But, like, it, 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 the, I don't know. I think the movie is, has just got too much going on. And along with this political debate and the Winter Soldier thing, it just, like, I wish it was a little... I wish it was two or three movies instead of one, kind of. But... Um, I mean, I also just don't buy... I guess I don't buy that... I buy that Tony is upset that his parents are dead, but I don't buy that he would target his entire like revenge, like path on a guy who was brainwashed. No, remember he doesn't he doesn't associate Bucky with his parents' death until the very end. But no, he, he just thinks he's a dangerous guy. He's just like this guy needs to be put down because he's brainwashed. Um, does he kill? He kills somebody, or he he? Well, he's but, framed he, for bombing. The UN and killing yes. and killing Ting, King uh, T'Chaka, T'Chaka, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not personal for Tony until the very end. Okay, it's just personal because Steve is against him, and you're like, oh, they're friends. I think that, I think that this movie is a moment when the franchise they're doing really great franchise stuff, where they're like. As you said, like, things from previous movies, it was like kind of them dipping their toes into what they would then just fucking cannonball into with Avengers, <laughs> with, with Infinity War, I mean, where they're like, we're putting stuff in here for people who saw Captain America 1. We're putting stuff yeah. in here for people who saw Iron Man 1 and who have been, like, caring about this relationship. So I think that, like, when they have those payoff, as you say, those payoffs, there are a lot of payoffs in that movie. Um. Uh, you know, and like the the uh, Avengers fighting each other is sweet. You know, it's yeah. like it's a fun scene. I mean, the action. You know, I hear, I've heard some criticism of that scene, but I definitely remember enjoying it at the time. I mean, yeah, partially because like you yeah. Spider Man is so fun when he's just. It's, is it fights don't normally have this much talking? And, yeah, I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. I good. also I also love when Ant Man throws the truck at War Machine and explodes. <laughs> He's like, I thought that was full of water. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great bit. Um, um, uh, yeah. But I agree that there are also some parts where you're like, this is just like a slog. Yeah, yeah, and it really I really want to like it because again, there's just so much about it that the one and also I got to say like I uh, I don't love Black Panther in this movie like mm. he's sort of whatever for me. Um I didn't really care much about him until I saw Black Panther. Um Well, I think for me that comes back to T'Challa's the least interesting part of Black Panther to me. Well, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. But yeah. 
I think that's I think that's okay in that movie. No, I think so too. I think that's totally fine in that movie. Yeah. For him to be the steady, not steady, but to, for him to be sort of a constant, you know, bouncing off of who he's with. But I think like if for his intro in Civil War, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a king. Well, the one thing I <laughs> do, the, the, and this sort of this 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 sort of ties in. Um, the one thing I do actually really like about Civil War is the villain. Oh I, yeah, Zemo's I do, good. I Zemo's really good. like Zemo, and I really like. Like it, it's actually sort of rare for, I think, or maybe it, it maybe it's not rare, but it's sort of unique in this movie that like his through line is the clearest, most direct line running through this movie, yeah. and it's like the only it's it, it might be the only thing that keeps the whole thing from spinning apart, honestly mm-hmm. to me. Um, and I love that at the very end, the the the, the moment that Black Panther has with him is like yes. it, it's a it is a very good that I guess actually that moment does sell me on Black Panther a little yeah, bit yeah for sure um, yeah but. Uh, yeah, so, I yeah, think, I really like Zemo. Yeah, I think Thank Zemo's you. really good. I think that he's a great, uh, like, subversion of the villain. I mean, he's a villain. But, like, the way in which, like, his master plan is to turn the heroes against each other is, like, that's really dramatic. Uh, I agree that that Black Panther moment is great. And part of it that I love is I've always had a beef with... This is something Alex Tay said to me once after... I think it was when we were... After we'd seen the first Ant-Man. Not that we wanted that villain to stick around... But we're like, isn't it weird that the villains die in all these movies? Because Hmm. to reference comic books for a second, that is so rare in comic books because they want to write more comic books with these characters. And what Tay theorized was, he's like, I think that's something that they've just imported from action movies. Because it's such a truism of action movies that you just kill the villain at the end. But it's like, that's so not a part of superhero stories. Why does it keep happening in this so I, uh, I mean, you could feel me like having this like, <laughs> this sort of like struggle with the idea of killing as a superhero. Yeah. Fuck off, yeah. Zack Snyder. Uh, <laughs> not that we need to get into those, but um, well, actually, well, I mean, I was about to bring it up because this oh. movie came out like right after Batman versus Superman. Trash. So oh, like, yeah. it, which is like handles its like third party villain bringing the two heroes to to a fight completely differently and also it, it's just a, a terrible movie and does everything it else is, worse but like it is night and day if you compare yeah. trying to do the same thing with your superhero franchise trying to do a friend versus friend conflict mm-hmm. batman versus yeah. superman is like what an idiot 14 year old would come up with if they were in a hurry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then this is this is so nuanced compared to that. Even if it doesn't come together, if you compare it to that, yeah, this is yeah. huge compared to I mean, yeah. just like the moment that Zemo reveals what his master plan has been, because up until that yeah. beat in the movie, you th- like what the movie's been telling you is that his plan is to release the five other Winter Soldiers. Yeah. And like you think that it's heading towards this big climax. It's like, oh, they're going to fight their way out of this one. And it's actually like, no, Zemo's still just a guy. He's going to stand behind this glass and then throw that little bomb in that room. And the real climax is Cap versus Iron Man. Yeah. It's like, it's actually very elegantly done, I think. It's well, great what I love yeah. about Zemo is that he's just a dad. Yeah. Like, that's the tragic part about Zemo. He has, he's not like, I think he's like smarter than usual, but he's not like some crazy genius mad scientist. He's not like some superpowered villain or some high businessman who's like insanely wealthy. He's just he's a sad... He's not highly resourced, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a, a, a grieving dad. Yeah. Good stuff. Good performance yeah. by Daniel Bruhl. Good writing. Also, Fine really stuff. quick, this is a little bit of a side note, but another reason you should watch Daredevil. 
Daredevil season one has the kingpin and he comes back in season three. And yeah. it's just so, it's so much more rich because they have this history together. Yeah. 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 It actually, I, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I remember it delivering, it feeling like it delivering on, on what may have been promised by the end of the dark Knight. When Joker mm-hmm. and when Joker says to Batman, like we should be doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. and you for a moment, even back then, or no, because he was, yeah, yeah, you you knew that that was not possible, yeah. Um, but you, but like yeah, you can imagine changed. what the, in this universe it would have been like, yeah. In Kingpin and Daredevil, you or in the third season of Daredevil, you feel like this is not two men going at it. It's like two ideals. It's like two mm-hmm. like perspectives on the world that are like just going to be in in, in in conflict forever. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's really cool. It's really good. Sorry. Um, okay, so is that all to say about the Captain America franchise? I think it is. I think so. Although we will continue discussing Captain America and Steve because they're so central to. The Avengers as well. Yeah. I think. Okay. So Avengers. Avengers one. Uh, yeah. What, okay, let's let's review. So it's my number one. Chelsea, it's your number three. And Lewis, it's your number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking I good. I stand by that. Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> I I stand by that because it's it's really good. It's um but it still feels so I mean, and the experience of watching it was like mind blowing. Because you're like, there's too many characters. How are they going to do it? And it's like so seamless. It's like not only did they pull it off, it's like the best thing you've ever seen. Yes. It's like it's better better than anything that had come before. Yes. Yeah. Um, It it seemed like it's funny to to think back now because we're like, we have these insane 67 character like fuck fests. But it like it the idea of being like there are five different movies from five different like writer director teams about five different characters that take place in five different worlds and we're going to mishmash them together into one movie. Mm-hmm. It's like that's going to be a train wreck. You're going to fall yeah. on your face. And the fact that what they came up with, what they came out with instead of that is just is just fucking standing ovation material. Yeah. I mean, we just watched it. Was that last night? No, it was two nights ago. Two nights ago. Um, you just watched it. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I, we. I just literally, I put it on. I forget. I, I think I was like doing some homework. Yeah. And... Um, it's just, it's, it's so good. The little lines. I mean, like the Phil Coulson, the pay, the Phil Coulson, um, death is also another moment. I think like a micro moment of like a tease of what is doable in this franchise to set up a character like that, that you didn't realize you had like great affection for. Um, and then to have him ripped away from you. And like in a moment where it it, it was so well done. And like, I know that people can herald it as like a very quintessential Joss Whedon move, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it is perfectly executed. I think in this movie, it's, it's, it is so gasp inducing when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So sudden and surprising. And like, you just have you have to catch up with it and realize what it is and what it means. And you're like, oh no, you killed the sweetest little boy, the sweetest <laughs> little, the sweetest little yeah. shield boy has just been struck down. And there's also a great Nick Fury moment where you discover that he has somehow he, that he's taken the Captain America cards from Phil Coulson's locker and put blood on them. Yeah, yeah, Fury's great in that movie. Yeah. And that's before that's before we got some of these like later payoff things for Fury. They just like the 
cynical, but he's more cynical than them, but he's more optimistic than the people he works for, and that's why he's like a great <laughs> liaison. Somehow they mm-hmm. like they justify him getting to fire a bazooka in that movie. Oh my <laughs> just, god, I just, love that scene. So many silly. I just can't believe they like fit that. They just jam pack so much good stuff in that. And the fact that not only does everybody cohere, but everybody actually feels like they get an arc. Yes. In a way where, as an ensemble, in a way where, you know, I think you could kind of say, like, nobody really gets that much of an arc. Or at least nobody gets, because Infinity War has to tackle so many more characters, everyone's arc is a little bit more like, it's a little mini arc, you know. But everybody really gets some ways to develop in Avengers. And I think yeah. that's what's... That's why it, like, it fucking rocks, besides being, like, so just, like, they got them all to fit together, is, like, you also just get several good character arcs in there, and several of the characters, like, develop. It's, you know, Captain Captain America's, like, first, like, foray into the modern world, and I think I had the question going in, I was like, are they really going to make, like, strong punching and kicking guy, like, able to be able to seem important mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. team up where like everybody else can fly or is green <laughs> uh, and they did they I mean and, and they made Black Widow and Hawkeye important I mean they kind of done Hawkeye dirty but I don't really care we haven't mentioned <laughs> yeah. him we haven't mentioned I mean, him one time in this because I don't know I'm <laughs> I'm pretty thumbs middle on Hawkeye as well. yeah I mean I I literally I know that he was introduced in Thor but he literally seems like he's part of the Avengers team because they needed someone to be brainwashed who wouldn't like automatically win the day for Loki. And I, I, I guess I always just thought like Hawkeye is a a character in the Avengers from the comics, but we don't, no one's really interested in him here. Yeah. So we're not going to, so we're going to have him fulfill that function. Um, but it works because it well the, the thing, it's not that he's so interesting, but uh, Natasha caring about him is interesting. Yes, that's the interesting part. And having read in her ledger, her scene with Loki oh. is one of the best scenes in the franchise still. Yeah. Yes, it's where very it's good. like it's like one of the best like villain monologue scenes, and then when the twist is like she's been playing him, it's like oh. that is like a stand up and like jump for joy scene. It's so <laughs> yeah. so good. And the way it echoes her first scene introduction is so good. I mean, it's yeah. her best movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just going to echo the what you said about like how each of the characters has arcs because it's more than just that they have arcs. It's like you you spend you go into the movie thinking how are they going to make this work and then you sort of like think the, these characters all make each other's characters better. Like Tony Stark having to come face to face with someone like Captain America mm-hmm. and like Bruce Banner like being surrounded by like the mission that they all have to like rise to like yeah. it, there's so much in the movie of just like oh these characters all have to smash together because it all like it, it, it it's it, I don't want to say like it's hard to imagine them alone because then they have to go off and make their own movies too but like but none it, of them would just... have been able to last if not for the things that they got from each other Yes. Yeah. 
it is like so corny to say, right. but like Joss Whedon totally says that he approached this movie as like it's a family movie and like families don't necessarily get along, but like that that you know they need each other and they 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 make each other stronger. Like and and it's so it is so beautifully executed in this movie. Yeah. Put on the suit. Um, Put on the suit. <laughs> Put on the suit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just, and then also, like, just the as a character introduction for Bruce, um, which it feels like a character introduction to me because, like, yeah. I just, again, I don't <laughs> because remember. Because you've Incredible both Hulk. written all of the Incredible <laughs> Hulk out of the canon. That's fine. Um, it is. It is, a, it is a soft reboot, you know, of that character because yeah. your, your, your observation, Chelsea, about his energy Mm-hmm. is really right that they didn't just recast him. They went in a different direction with it. And yeah. while I kind of defend the original direction, the new direction, the Ruffalo version, is the right one for the franchise. And because they already had, you didn't need another cold. You know, Tony's already like kind of got that as his like exterior. And you just right. didn't need cold. But so, yeah, they do soft reboot it. And are you, sorry, I feel like I interrupted a point about the, the way they introduce him. Well, I was just going to say the same thing. We've already said it. It's already hap- it's happening with Black Widow, too. It's just, like, how instantly these two characters are sort of given a new spin and, like, yeah. a new life. And that the beginning of that movie is just... It just... It moves so well. That movie is so well-paced. Yeah. And I was thinking about the scene where, like, Loki's there in Germany with his Lord of the Rings-looking helmet, like, making everybody <laughs> bow. Oh, my God, and that one guy stands up. That one guy stands up, and then I think Captain America gets there first and says, mm-hmm. like, the last time I was here, I saw a man standing above, and you're like, oh, it's just, like, his movie. And then, like, Captain America flies in with, like, the ACDC playing, and you you're like... Iron Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, Iron Man flies in with the ACDC playing, and you're like, they're doing it. They've, yeah. <laughs> they've somehow uh-huh. made it into a hole... And it's so exciting and, and wonderful. And that scene where, God, I just remembered, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, that scene where, like, like Bruce, well, the Hulk is, like, running at Thor, and he's, like, got his hand out for his hammer, he's like, is it going to make it? Is it yeah, going to make yeah, it? Is yeah, it going to yeah, make yeah. it? And then he catches it and just hits him with a hammer. It's so fun. Yeah, Hulks, they make Hulk the, oh, they make them fight Hulk in the middle of the movie. So it's, like, it's, like, Part of this formula that we talk about is, like, middle of the movie, the heroes come up against the bad guy and get trounced. And then they come back later and win. Mm-hmm. And I think when that feels really formulaic is one of the time where you're like, what changed? They just got a second chance and did better. Yeah. You know, like, like they fought Ronan, they weren't together, and then they fought Ronan. It's, I think one of the worst ones is uh, Ultron, where it's like, they fight Ultron and... He beats him, but it's not clear why. And then, yeah. so, but this one, it's like those the mid the mid movie low point. It's basically like I think that sometimes the way they get to their low point feels more earned than others, and it feels really earned here, where like like Coulson dies, and like they tried to work together, and literally one of them destroys the fucking helicarrier, and like. <laughs> gets thrown off into space and and Thor gets dropped in that capsule and like everything sucks. <laughs> they just, yeah. just And the fact they come back and like they basically go right from there to the Battle of New York and the Battle yeah. of New York is phenomenal. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's so good. And that that's bit where it, like it follows them around. Yeah, yeah. that one shot. Yeah. I mean you, that's yeah, the best yeah. shot in the whole Yeah, franchise. it's so good. It is it is it, that is that is a superhero movie. 
That is that is you know vindicating the whole concept of a superhero movie. Really well, so mm-hmm. yeah, Avengers is great. I feel like we've already talked about Age of Ultron. We have. So yeah. So Infinity War. Number one. Number one for Chelsea. Number. Yeah. What for Lewis? Uh, number four. four. Just behind Avengers, and I think. Yeah, well, I have Avengers as one, and I have Infinity War as five, behind Civil War. But maybe it's better than Civil War. I don't know. It's definitely better than Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we love Infinity we War love Infinity. in this house. There's been a running joke where literally I come home <laughs> every night household. and I'm like, "Do you want to watch Infinity War?" <laughs> <laughs> because I just every I love every single scene. Yeah. The the one scene that doesn't work for me, like or that that I that I'm just like, mm, it's Peter Dinklage. I'm good. No, no, no. Peter Dinklage is great. Oh, uh, no, sorry. Peter Dinklage is not great. Those yeah. scenes are great. Yes. Um, is uh, no is the <laughs> moment that Gamora and Thanos have on his th- next to his throne, and she's like, I hated being your daughter. It's just like uh, it, there's it's just like a mo. It's literally like twenty seconds where I feel the movie slow down just a little bit. Um, but that's it. The rest of it is just like it moves. It sets up emotional payoffs. It sets up really funny action, really funny dialogue or great action. I just like I love this movie. Yeah, I love this movie because every I feel like every character has been figured out. So this is like their time to shine. Yeah. And even the characters who don't get a lot to do, which I sort of am giving them a pass on because they're going to get to do a lot in Endgame. Like, Cap doesn't do anything in this movie. But yeah. his introduction, when he comes out from behind that train, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's very cool. It's so cool. And, like, Black Widow gets a fun fight at the end. And, uh, like, even Doctor Strange is good in this movie. Doctor Strange is is good for the first time in this movie. Yeah. 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 But he is quite yeah. good. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he's, that's uh, the only, it's like they finally figured him out, I feel like. Exactly. And, and uh, him and Iron Man, like, book. bumping off of each other is really fun. Yeah. I just love it. But I think I also, because I love the Guardians so much, and I think they're like the emotional core of the movie in many ways, mm-hmm. I think that's why it's it's my number one. Because I really buy into Gamora and Star-Lord, and I really buy into um, Rocket and Groot and Nebula. I, Ugh, like, yeah. I love all of them. I'm very invested in Nebula and Gamora. I buy Star-Lord for sure. Um, I. It's funny you mention that because I'm like, I also really like that the Guardians have a central role to play in this despite the fact that I clearly, something about the tone of those movies just doesn't jive with me nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, yeah, they're really, I just think, I think Gamora is like, is like, the you know, the closest thing to the heart, to like a heart of the movie. I mean, well, yeah. it's like, except for this like, you know, this elephant in the room that we've discussed of like, or that I don't know if we've discussed yet, but that I've discussed with, with other people, whereby like, you know, you have a, protagonist in this and a follow character and he's the genocidal giant great man Thanos <laughs> himself and uh, and like that's really interesting and maybe a little whack but like certainly interesting uh, yeah I mean I don't have I don't know I don't really have any like 
moral or storytelling issue with the way that he's pitched. I don't know. People say he's the protagonist of the film. I'm not sure if I technically agree with that. Yeah. But like, I think, I think it more works as a tongue in cheek. Like, lol, have you noticed that the main character who goes on the quest is is the baddie? Yeah, because you spend mm-hmm. so much time with him, and like he has a you like you see him like go through his sacrifices and like take his tests, and it's really but, well um, done. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, well it's, it's, he it's, also looks incredible. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I say it every five minutes while I'm watching this movie. Thanos looks so good. Yeah, he does. He really works. It's like. I like saying, like, giant purple great man (laughs) because, like, it's absurd that he works as well as he does. Yeah, Yeah, it's absurd, especially given this franchise's track record with with villains so far. That's, like, in the one time where, like, it really has to work, it, Mm -hmm. like, works. It is, like, it is, like, the Avengers of, of, like, the moment in the Avengers where we were, like, how are we going to make this this ensemble thing work? (laughs) And it's yeah. like, no, 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 it's not about whether it works. It's about whether it's the best damn fucking thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's, he's got to yeah. do more than just work. He's got to, like, he's got to end this whole thing. I can't believe they got him so right. Yeah. With so with so much building up to it, where he's literally been teased in post credit scenes and little in-betweens for so long. And it's like, he's going to have to be a letdown. Because, like, I kind of get the impression, I actually haven't read that many Thanos comics, but I kind of get the impression that, He's like a little bit of like a joke or a punching bag in the comics at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, because I think isn't the whole concept of Infinity War that he eventually turns and he helps the Avengers? Is that right? Oh, is it? I'm I pretty sure know. in Infinity Gauntlet, Nebula gets the Infinity well, Gauntlet. Okay. This is the comics. Okay. It's not the movies. I think that Nebula gets the gauntlet no, and be, and like happen. goes insane and then Thanos helps the Avengers stop her. I really hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't see but that. But my point is but... that, like, Thanos is obviously not, like, the ultimate bad guy in the comics. No, but he... he f- man, he fucking works in this. Man, it yeah. so interesting. And, and, you know, Josh Brolin does a great job. I don't know how they did that. I guess I guess it's mocap. I just don't know. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's really mocap, hard but to tell. It, I mean, it is so much of him. I mean, yeah. he looks... Obviously, like the character design is very big and cartoonish, but you know that's Josh Brolin. Yeah, in every frame. yeah. you see that it's acting. It's yeah, it's really weird. Like when he's fighting the Hulk, because I feel like they CGI'd the Hulk into a scene with this big purple guy. Like it, it just—he looks so real to me. Yeah, and like he just—yeah, it's it—it's good. Yeah. Um, the other—I mean, like the thing that surprises me every time I watch this movie, also, is that like. It is really funny, and yeah. it is really emotional, yeah. and it's got some great superhero action, and it, like, ends like no other superhero movie we've ever seen ends. It's oh, just, true. like, it is just, it just so delivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of amazing that they, like, they did it again. Like, we, we went into this movie, I mean, I did, I don't know yeah. about the rest of you, but I went into this movie... Definitely the same doubter as I was going into the original Avengers being like, after all this hype about mm-hmm. Thanos, about the Infinity Stones, about having all these people on the screen at the same time, there's no way this will fucking work. God, I'm going to be so sad if that happens with Endgame. Oh. oh. I'll be just, cr- I'll just be crushed. Do I feel, like, I don't know your feelings on Harry Potter, but I felt like the final Harry Potter movie was a way a step down from Seven Part One. I thought Seven Part oh, yeah. Two was like, cinematically, just like, oh, no, wait, wait way less good and that was sad for me yeah uh i really hope that end game is fucking great it's very hard to say because from the trailers i feel like we know so little 
Yeah. Like, I feel like we're seeing, like, Max the first hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also think that half of those scenes are not going to be in the movie. <laughs> That's yeah. distinct, dis- distinctly <laughs> possible. I'm not getting married to any of it. Yeah. Who knows what we'll see? Who knows? It's so soon. Can it's I, so soon. So can I give you my Thor dies theory? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it's not really a theory. It's just that I think going into this movie, everybody expects either Tony or Steve to die. Yes. And I just think, like, we know... I think that our the, that Tony, Steve, and Thor need to retire. Like, I think they've said as much, like, officially, that they're yeah. not... This is their last movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that this movie can be the big... Like, a big, triumphant, like win which i think it kind of has to be like i think it really kind of has to have like a very overwhelmingly happy ending um and i just don't think that that's achievable if tony or steve dies tragically i so what i think is that they will get to ride into the sunset somehow like they will get to have a cowboy exit and i think that thor will be the one who sacrifices because thor is the one who is technically an old man He's lived his whole fucking life. He's lived these thousands of years old. His whole family oh, has died. Wow. Asgard is dead. Um, I just think that like the Thor story is the most run through. And it's just like if Thor dies, I think that's the only character that you can make it seem like it'll be sad. It's a sad beat, but it's not mm-hmm. like a gut-wrenching tragedy. Um, it's sort of like, no, this is the right time for Thor to say, I'm, you know, I did what I'm going to do and, and I'm ready to lay it all down for the universe. Whereas I think Steve and Tony both would be, like, I think if Tony dies and Pepper's left with a kid or whatever, that's fucking awful. And I don't think the franchise would do that. I just don't. Um, And Steve, I just think, has been so sad this whole time. I think he just deserves a happy ending. He deserves to go back in time and be with Peggy. Well, (laughs) I've heard that that, I've heard theories that that will happen. That's what I think is going to happen. I hope so. That he'll go back and get his... His dance, his his life. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry so hard. Yeah, I I he, he gets to dance. Oh my god, it'll I be like. What if the twist is he's a really bad dancer? <laughs> That's and the end sorry. credit, the like Go funny on. one. He's like, oh, oh, oh. And she's like, wow. <laughs> Fifteen movies I wait for this. And you just can't stop stepping on my fucking feet. Uh, what were you gonna say, Chelsea? I I also think that. Um, Thor might die because I think he's one of the only remaining people who's potentially strong enough to wear the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, ah, yeah. Like, he's potentially one of the only... Him or Hulk is one of the only people who could potentially, like, put it on long enough to destroy it. Yeah, mm. it's pretty It's pretty clear, I think, at the end of the movie that, like, whereas everybody else is on their last leg, he just got an upgrade. And, like, he, you know, he didn't yeah. aim for the head, but he seemed like he was still ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so, like he could take him narratively i think that what you both just put out is a are are really strong arguments for why they would because i i I agree that i think like he's one of the only ones where they could have a heroic death and we would feel like okay that fits particularly just like with this whole asgardian warrior model the thing that the sort of like metagaming reason why i actually kind of think the opposite is like from a studio perspective i feel like they must I feel like they could reasonably be thinking, like, we, let's call it on Iron Man. There's no more good Iron Man stories to tell. Let's call it on... And I'm sorry, I mean I mean the, the, the secret identity, not the not the hero identity. Because they could... New people could put on these suits. But right. there's, there's really no more Tony Stark stories to tell. 
There's no more Steve Rogers stories to tell. But after Ragnarok, I feel like they got to be going like, oh, this is what we should have been doing all along. Mm. Mm, could we get one or two more of these things out of here? Can we get more? So I feel like as a studio head, if somebody came in and was like, so here's about Thor's death, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Thor's uh-huh. what? No, 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 Thor's got three more road trip movies in him. <laughs> How about somebody else's death? How about... I mean, what about Hulk? Yeah, it could Hulk. be Hulk. Yeah, that'd be a little dark, because it'd be like, the guy who like has said many times that he wanted to die finally yeah. died, but that's dark. Yeah, it's very dark. Uh, Ned, I think that your point about Thor is a really good one. The other... The other thing I, I was just gonna say or I, that i was thinking as you were saying that is just that like i i don't think any of them have to die and i think actually like disney slash marvel would be really smart to give them all a reason to just be written out of the story but like clearly this franchise has no one knows how many years this thing has left in it and if 10 yeah. years from now they get to pay off avengers 8 finally has a cameo from old man tony stark with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. returning because they didn't make the decision to kill him in Endgame. Yeah. I think that, like, they want to keep those cards. I think that, like, it, just because Robert Downey Jr. is done now doesn't mean that 10 years from now when the franchise is three times bigger and, like, it's the only movie being made oh that he doesn't want to come back, you <laughs> and know? If, and if we're saying this, someone at Marvel is saying this. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. And when they talk about these things, they're, you know, they're talking about billions of dollar decisions here. It's not just mm-hmm. like, oh, what feels right in this moment? Yeah. Although, as you know, as we've said, it seems like they do give, they give generally, and they didn't for Ultron, it sounds like, but they generally give director writers permission to make the movies that they want to make. But, but that's, that's not the point I'm making here. I think, I think you're absolutely right that we don't know and people can come back in small ways, but not if you close the door on them. Right. So who knows? Although there, uh, there's a, there's always the comic book death. Yep. As the saying, the saying I mean, used to go, no one stays dead in comic books except for Uncle Ben, Jason Todd, and Bucky. And that, <laughs> that had to be amended through the 80s and 90s, too. No one stays dead except for Uncle Ben. And uh, maybe even he's come back. I don't know. Um, I want Killmonger to come back. Yeah. yeah. They got, if they, whatever they retcon... It, yeah, as they're going back, the, as they're, as they're going back through the time stream at the end of Endgame, if they just reach out their hand into the vortex and pull Michael B. Jordan out, and they're just like, you're coming too! Yeah. Like, I, I, I'd buy it. His, it's like, it was hard to beef because his stated line, his like, you know, throw him, like, I, I, you know, I'd rather like be dead than like live in a cage. Uh, yeah. You're like everyone is like, oh yeah, no, that's legit, legit, legit. legit. But, <laughs> but but it's like, but we wanted you to stick around because you are great to have in these movies. You are so fun and in- intellectually interesting to have in these movies. So okay, okay. Man. I guess we just talk. We <laughs> that's a three-hour recording there. Three-hour podcast. Final thoughts. We did our Endgame predictions. We talked a little bit about Far- Spider-Man: Far From Home, just a little bit. Um, is there anything you else? You want to do some actor there... trivia? Oh my god, what? Well, do you have some? No, I just mean things like, what actor? <laughs> <laughs> or just name the movies. The only... So, you know, they're very good about this actor continuity, but one actor plays two separate characters who are related. 
I, I know the answer to this, but I don't know the actor's name. He's one of the uh, Howling Commandos. That's right. Oh, yeah. Kenneth Choi yeah. as a principal. Oh, God, now what is it? <laughs> I forget the but he's it's a principal a super, in Spider-Man. It's a super funny, like, cameo. It's and like then he's got his picture Morita. of the guy right behind him. Principal Morita. Yeah. 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 That feels so like uh, that guy, like... Like, there's not, like, a team of people sitting behind the scenes being like, what would be a fun cameo? It's just, like, that guy got the part through normal actor stuff, and then while they were on set, they were just like, oh, we got to explain this somehow. Or, like, Dude, that's but here's, how... I, I, would, I would think that, but then I'm like, can that happen in the MCU, that they just accidentally cast someone? <laughs> like, they, I, well, I, I think that it may be something like that, but that, I mean, would it? Would he even go in knowing, like, nobody ever gets recast within the MCU? Yeah, but that guy probably, like, just went in, like, thought he could pull the wool over their eyes and just be like, oh, yeah, super so. excited to join the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe. I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, I he's feel a like they're, actor. Guy's got to work. I understand that, but, like, <laughs> you think they're just going to be like, well, let's see, do we have, oh, it's weird. His, his name is already coming up in payroll. Wait a minute. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like his agent must have been like, okay, hear me out. Like that <laughs> that could be something that an agent could come up with. Be like, be like, I know you're looking for actors. You know, you you, you mentioned Asian American actors to play the principal. Check it out. What if Ken of Choi is there? Is he's like the he's like the son or the grandson? And then that might have helped him get. You know, I don't. Who knows where it was? I'd love to hear the behind the scenes about this, but. But, uh, yeah, good. All right, that was some good trivia. <sighs> okay, yeah, good. Yeah, fun facts. Uh, okay, I think that's... I think we're good here. Yeah. Do you, feel, you feel that? You feel that? I think, I think we t- <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> um, God, I wish I could conjure a really good line right now, but I, they're all dancing around my head. Um... One second. <laughs> I love when you guys used to do this on every year there be dragons. You sit and be like, okay, what's a line that works? <laughs> Chelsea, I feel like Chelsea comes up with it more often. <laughs> she's you, the, she's the only one who remembers that we do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> These are from the actual comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea <laughs> just Google quotes from the superheroes. Yeah, and they're a bunch of like really earnest <laughs> things from Captain America. Long and wordy, too, I bet, because I feel like that's comics. God, these are bad. These are really bad. Oh, boy. She just pulled up a list of 50 of the best quotes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're all really, really bad. Compiled by what? Like an awkward Reddit guy? It's gamesradar.com. <laughs> yeah, thumbs down. Oh, they, that, th- I mean, we could always just end with, we could do this all day. Yeah, that's true. That's good. We could do this all day, but yeah. we got to go to sleep. We, we almost have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been real guys yeah thanks for doing this hey, and thank you for having me on the podcast I think we can yeah. acknowledge I think we can acknowledge on the podcast that when I say thank you for having me on that I texted you and said I would like to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the, you knew that once a year thing was coming up and you just wanted to slot yourself in I wanted so. to be on I wanted to be on the listen space it's an honor it's my first listen space episode and it feels really good I really oh, enjoyed yeah. it yeah yeah Thanks for being here. Oh, uh, my pleasure. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. Yeah. H- have okay. a good evening, y'all. You too, man. Bye, Ned. Yeah. Bye. Bye.